sees the bag of sand on his desk. He's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your family reunion here. <laughs> you didn't need to murder him like that. What the fuck? Welcome to the Weave Crew podcast, where we just talk about inane bullshit that has nothing to do with anything. It's a podcast about nothing. It's about the character. Unlike other podcasts, we're about the characters. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, as always, Mumi. Uh, joined with me today is, of course, Sai from Psyotic, uh, Ghost from the past. Ghost from DC. So I guess we should probably just address up front why we might sound different right now is that... um. So I moved into a studio apartment, and a studio apartment, because I'm in a big-ass room right now, I have to worry about reverb, because I didn't have to worry about this for whatever reason at my old place. So now, what I've done to remedy this issue, I currently just have a blanket over me. And my microphone and one of my monitors. Yeah, this has turned into an ASMR podcast. Yeah. Now you can just get comfortable under the blanket. So if you hear, like, me rubbing up against my blanket or something, that's what that is. Hopefully then by the next time we record, this won't be well, an issue. no one came here to listen to our fucking recording setups. Though, I did get a new microphone, so that might be why I sound a little different. Hopefully it sounds better. Yeah, you sound less but- feminine. Well, that was that's just a testosterone. The oh, massive right, amounts right, right. of yeah, testosterone. Yeah, you've, been, yeah you've, been, you've been visiting the clinic recently for your HRT. <laughs> you see, low T is a real issue that plagues older men. All, the, all these microplastics in people's bloodstream. But yeah, so everyone could probably tell. I, I mean, we have no fucking idea what this episode is going to be titled, but as you could probably tell, this has something loosely to do with anime of the year. Loosely. I don't know about you, but like, I don't really give a fuck about like when people do like anime of the year stuff no and they're like my favorite adventure anime this year my favorite action like Like by genre it's like you're differentiating by genre but you only saw like five shows this year so it's just like dog well even if they seem like a decent amount like 30 or 40 or something it's like who cares like that's not a large enough sample size it's not like you're some kind of committee or something so I guess that could just lead us into just shitting on anime of the year shit in general for a minute here. Yeah, well, because the um, Crunchyroll Anime Awards are coming up, and so are the R Anime Awards, which I found out last night. I guess that uh, Gil and Jaden are, like, hosting for that shit. So last night we were just watching a bunch of short films and, like, music videos and TV shorts because those are, like, the categories they're doing. The weird thing about the the short films one, though, is that it's both short films but also music videos, which are very different things. Yeah? It was So there were ten nominees. Eight of them were music videos, and only two of them were, like, proper short films. I mean, I guess if it's, like, such a low number, you can't really differentiate I mean, the two. it's not like there's, like, a like a dearth of, like, short films that came out last year. So it's like, no. what the fuck are you doing? But then the uh, TV short one had some weird nominees as well. One of them was, um, it's like a, what the fuck's it called? Ganbare Doko-chan, something like that. But it wasn't the show itself, because the show itself aired, not last year, but in 2021... And the special, which was an unaired episode, came out in, like, December of 21. So we were just like, why the fuck is this nominated? It's just one episode of, like, that, like, didn't air. Well, I guess that's Crunchyroll that started doing, like, fall anime for the following year. Mm. Maybe our anime did something similar. Since I it's... guess, maybe. I see that there's, like, a utility to these kind of anime of the year things, like, for people who don't watch stuff as it's airing. Yeah, I guess. And they can at least be, like... Use as a general kind of guideline for recommendations, mm-hmm. I guess. But it's also just like, I don't know, just fucking like go to Annie Chart or some shit. Dog, it's not that hard. I, it feels like this is like reflective of like a general issue with like anime mm-hmm. is like a broad sense. Yeah. I think there's like this idea 
in the West. I don't know how prevalent it is in Japan. Obviously, we're not Japanese. Speak for yourself. Okay, you, I self-identify. I, I do. We, I don't <laughs> self-identify as Japanese. Let's put that. It, it's like you have to watch like only highly acclaimed shows. Like you can't yeah. waste your time watching something that's not just a cream of the crop kind of thing. Whereas like no, we kind of just go through. We're just like, oh, this looks interesting. This looks interesting. I don't know. Yeah. We, a lot of time, it just kind of falls in line with what's going to end up being kind of the critically acclaimed shows. Yeah. Just because that's kind of where our, our, where our priorities lie. But it's also like yeah. we do. We do make a good faith effort to like at least check out everything that airs in a season, because it's not yeah, and we, it's not hard. And we watch stuff that we didn't necessarily have you know expectations going into for it being great, and yeah. it ends up catching us by surprise, like yeah, Bochi yeah, did of, last season. Yeah, Bochi. Uh, what else was like that last year? Uh, Licorice Recoil was like that. Licorice Recoil, yeah, just came out of nowhere for us. We went with like no expectations. Both of which we talked about in videos. Of course, <laughs> pretty uh, Click on these videos here. Uh, Isekaiyo Jisan was another Isekaiyo one. Isekaiyo Jisan was like, yeah, which is still not done yet. No, that's uh, I guess maybe Isekaiyo Jisan's no, really, maybe Wonder Egg Priority was like a harbinger of doom in terms of uh, just shit being delayed. Because the last episode of that was, like, delayed for months. Isekai Ojisan went through one delay, which lasted, like, a month and a half, and then is now delayed again. Um, And then, like, Nier Automata, like, the anime for that, is, like, delayed and a bunch of other shit this season. Yeah, I think, like, Digimon Ghost Game got delayed even. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of shit that got delayed. You know, Mumi, I'm starting to get the impression that there might be a a labor problem in the anime industry. (sighs) Maybe that should be our transition into the health of the industry. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, typically you would just look at shit. And you're just like, hey, this looks interesting to me. This show about zombies or something. I like zombies. I'll watch this show about zombies. And it just kind of aligns with your interest. And you're not typically worried about... Is this going to be the best zombie show I've ever seen in my life or whatever? God God forbid. God forbid it be mid. The M word. (laughs) I kind of feel that with like Magical Girl shows. Mm -hmm. Because like that's my kind of preferential bias, I guess. Sure, sure. Yeah. Where like I could watch a Magical Girl show that might not be in my usual strike zone for shows. Yeah, yeah. But since it's kind of in that biases, I'm like... It gives a little bit of an edge where like even like a quote unquote mid yeah. Yeah, even like a quote unquote mid Magic yeah. Girl show. Yeah. I can still enjoy quite a bit. What was it? What 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 like Tokyo Mew Mew? Didn't we watch that? Tokyo Mew Mew. Mew. Yeah. Mew Mew we did Mew. watch I mean we watched the original Tokyo Mew Mew. Yeah. Which is a lot more memorable than the fact we yeah, watched I, 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 the I, I new Tokyo really Mew Mew. I don't remember anything that happened in either of those shows, to be honest. <laughs> I know that I watched them because I have them marked as watched, uh, but that's it. That's more of a problem with the mermaid melody. That's what's supposed to give you fucking oh, Alzheimer's. Oh, dementia. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think, like, I don't know, shit like like Crunchyroll Anime Wars. The Crunchyroll Anime Wars are, like, I wish they were more embarrassing. Honestly, since I think it was 2019 where it was just, like, a shit fest in terms of just how fucking cringe it was. Like, um, Didn't they have, like, wrestlers come out and announce some shit? <laughs> I don't know. The host or whatever, inexplicably, like, towards the end of the show, the host just, like, had a music video that he made play. Oh, my at this, God. It was, like, <laughs> so, it was so embarrassing. It's like, dog, this is not... What is this, like, ego trip you're going on right now? It's like some late 2000s or early 2010s E3 presentation. Oh, my God. They come out when we music. <laughs> I feel like this anime of the year culture in general is is just, like, kind of fucking cancerous. Yeah. It's fun. 
I guess if you're into that kind of discussion of conversation of just shit like really heated about it, it's bizarre. Well, what it is, is it's a lot of people aren't using it necessarily to find shit new to watch. No, they just want to have their opinion validated. Right. Like you saw that with, you know, My Hero Academia and uh, Main Abyss that one year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, My Hero Academia was the popular show. But Main Abyss yeah. happened to win, and everyone just threw a fucking hissy or fit. It was, it was like the first year. There were no judges, so it was just community vote. And I think Anime of the Year was Yuri on Ice 2016 <laughs> because of recency bias, basically. Yeah. Um, and you look at 2016 now, and it's like, really, Yuri on Ice? That's like the show of the year? What the fuck? Well, that was a different time back then, okay? That was a different time. That was, in fact, almost six years ago. 2016 was almost a decade ago. <laughs> oh, my God. Azumanga Dayo is a decade-old show. A decade-old? <laughs> that fucking image is a decade-old now. Jesus. Do you feel old yet? I mean, I'm in a constant state of feeling old, but maybe <laughs> someone in the audience now feels old. Yeah. Be sure to comment in the comment zone down below if you feel Com- old. Comment how old you feel. <laughs> comment your zodiac sign as well. Hit me up a DM. I'm a Scorpio. I want to know your astrology signs. You want to know, you want to know, you want to know what the, uh, the astrology sign of this podcast is? cancer i agree <laughs> that's such a stupid um but yeah it's, it's just all about like validating your fucking taste and pers- what you yeah. like all the shit that you watched like has to be the cream of the crop people yeah, aren't yeah. being like what made an abyss whatever my hero academia maybe i should check that out i mean some people might i mean i don't know maybe maybe our perspective maybe our perspective is just fucked because we do pay more attention than probably your average anime viewer Who's like, what the fuck is Made in Abyss? But it's also like, if you're if you're at the level where you don't know what My Hero Academia is, or if you're like Scamboli and you think like Haikyuu is a diamond in the rough, <laughs> you probably don't give a shit about like anime awards anyway. I feel like Crunchyroll kind of like occupies a weird niche where it's not quite like just normie casual. Yeah. But it's not like people that are super into the medium. Like it's like that kind yeah. of streamer crowd who yeah. are too into anime to be just completely normal. they're into anime enough they're into anime enough to pay for crunchyroll but not into it enough to just like i don't know fucking torrent shit or actually pay fucking attention to the industry to, to anything going on yeah but yeah just in general i think that whole culture and the way people do those is just not really mm-hmm. constructive or conducive to any kind of actual discussion no and it's not like i don't even think that people like nominating shit for anime like for these like awards well the Art Anime Awards have some interesting nominations, like Dozens of Norths is, like, nominated for, like, Best Film. But it's not nominated for an Oscar. No, why the fuck would it be? <laughs> why the fuck would that, why the fuck would that, like, like, surrealist nightmare be, like, nominated for, like, a mainstream award like the Oscar? Like why not? Oscar? <laughs> Fucking Inuo got snubbed for an Oscar. Can't believe it. Can't believe I'm it. mad about that. Although it did get a Golden Globe nom, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You have yeah, dozens of North not like nominated next to like I don't know the Yuru Camp movie, <laughs> but it's just like <laughs> these are not comparable at all. No, next to uh, Aria the Benzodiazepan, the what? <laughs> Aria the ben- Benedizione, Benizzi, ben- Aria the Benedizione. There you go. You got to do it with like the Italian accent. Well, if there's anything I learned here recently is that making fun mm-hmm. of Italian. Uh, dialects is not offensive so. it's not offensive they're the one people of color that uh you can still make fun of these days 
But the Crunchyroll Anime Awards. So if I let me like pull up like the fucking nominations for like the awards this year. Yeah, I'm gonna be real. I like, have not actually looked at the nominations. Well, last year, last year we did like a shitty video that we didn't put out. Thank because God. There was, like we didn't want to edit it or do anything for it, where we were just like voting on the awards. Yeah, thank God we didn't put that out. I mean, shit. Yeah, um, which behind the scenes, no one's gonna be aware of, but we record some shit. And I'm generally, if I'm if I'm not happy with it, I'm like, just throw it out. No, no, yeah. There's a whole video out there. There's a whole video that we've just not released, similar to this one, in fact, where we were just going over original anime in 2021, and we were just like... Oh, I wasn't even referring to that one. Oh, you weren't referring... Oh, I was wait, referring, to, referring the, to the fucking Kendall Tokorozawa review that we recorded. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I'm actually... But, like, I keep considering just, like... Maybe we can go back. Maybe we can go back and, and, and review it. Just if only we need to make a video on it, if only because the thumbnail you made is like too banger not to use. I have to make the thumbnails for these kind of as we're talking about wanting to do videos for them. Yeah. Because A, the creative endeavor is already kind of hard enough as it is trying to figure out ideas that will be kind of easy on the eyes, be good for SEO kind of bullshit. And two, I don't have the time to where. If we decide we're going to record for Bochi the Rock, like, immediately after it ends airing, if I haven't yeah. started working on the thumbnail, I have to start trying to work on the thumbnail alongside editing the video. Yeah. Or usually when I'm, like, editing the audio and stuff is when you'll, like, try and get the thumbnail done. Yeah, like, to be kind of as expedient as possible, it's just not efficient for me to be trying to work on the thumbnail kind of at the same time as we're about to release the video. Yeah. Shockingly, shockingly, we do put effort into the stuff we make. <laughs> you would never be able to guess. Might, I know it might not seem apparent in the final product, but... <laughs> so just just, just so you appreciate our content a little bit more, know that it could be worse. <laughs> so yeah, there is there is an entire thumbnail for Ten of Tokorozawa yeah. that is just a parody of uh, the, the latest Blade Runner. Blade Runner. 2049. Yeah, 2049. Yeah. 2049? Yeah. Just floating around on my computer here. Just yeah, waiting somewhere. to be released into the world. So I have like I have the nominations for the Crunchyroll Anime Awards like pulled up. Um, so for so for Anime of the Year, we have Cyberpunk Edge Runners, Lycoris Recoil, Spy Family, okay, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba Entertainment District Arc. All right. I mean, Attack on Titan: The Final Season Part Two. Okay. And then this one really confused me, and I think I made a joke about this last year. Ranking of Kings Core 2. Core 2. They had because, to specify well, the second about, core. Because Well, yeah, because I joked about, because there was the same thing with like Jujutsu Kaisen last year, where the second half of Jujutsu Kaisen was nominated for Anime of the Year, along with the first half of Ranking of Kings, the summer ranking. So I just made the joke of just like, oh man, I can't wait for next year when uh, Ranking of Kings uh, Part 2 is going to be nominated for Anime of the Year. And they fucking did it. So does that mean that at some point we could have, I don't know... Whatever the fuck ends up being a split core. What like crossed? What crossed over airing this year? This last year. Um, what started airing last season and is still airing this season? To your eternity. To your eternity. That's literally okay. the only one I could think of off the top of my head. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, so can we see a situation where To Your Eternity, which is not even nominated <laughs> on this for this year, apparently, <laughs> but something like To Your Eternity could potentially win Anime of the Year for its first cur. And then anime of the year for its second curve with one single yeah. broadcast wins <laughs> two different years. Fucking fucking goddamn like I don't know. I mean, even Gundam Witch from Mercury is like somewhat justified if only because it's split core. Yeah, but. I feel like split cores are more understandable than just yeah. a sequential fucking airing of twenty four episodes. 
All been right. Split so in now, half arbitrarily. So then, now let's now let's go through the award for best animation. All right. Here we have Akabi's Sailor Uniform. All right. Attack on Titan: The Final Season Part Two. Mm-hmm. Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Okay. Demon Slayer Entertainment District Arc. All right. Ranking of Kings Core Two. Sure. Spy Family. It's literally it's literally just anime of the year nomination, but with like uh Akavi Sailor Uniform like just thrown in there as well. So is there some kind of reason why they wouldn't have Mob Psycho on there? Um uh they're stupid. They're <laughs> stupid, that's why. I would like to know the rationalization for why Mob Psycho season three would not be yeah, on the animation. Is there a best yeah, best a- best action. Okay, here's the here's best action, Mumi, alright? Alright. Uh we got JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. Okay. Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2. Alright. Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Alright. Demon Slayer. Lycoris Recoil. Spy Family. <laughs> Are you noticing a pattern? Well, the okay, the problem with this when you kind of break it down is one, anime is an animated medium. So if your best anime is not one of the best animated works that year, it's kind of like, what are you doing? I don't know. Like, I guess, I like, guess. if it's something like Belladonna of Sadness or something, maybe. <laughs> Belladonna of Sadness would not be not. Here, you want to go for the nom- through the nominations for movies real quick? Go for it. Best film. How many do we even see? Bubble. Okay. Dragon Ball Superhero. Uh, Inuo. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. One Piece Film Red and The Deer King. We only saw like two of these. I saw Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. Oh, you did? Okay, okay. I've been meaning to watch The Deer King, but yeah, it's just like... It just seems like standard lineup for that year, I guess. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Well, what aired in the U.S. at the time, I guess. I don't know, like, so... Like, I don't I... think Mob Psycho is nominated for any of these that I'm going through. What the hell? Oh, yeah, they skip Fall, though. Do they? Okay. That's what that's what we were talking... Oh, yeah. So that oh, would be why they... Okay. That's why Bochy is in here, right. So we've already that's got really... somebody that's already commented correcting us that they don't include like okay. fall anime <laughs> if only they had waited three minutes that's really weird but yeah it is, it is bizarre i guess they did i don't know why they did that i guess yeah. for like to try to curb recency bias i guess but i don't really understand why that should be an issue just no i don't it, know wait a couple isn't that the whole reason we have judges yeah and when do they do this and is it in february or march march 4th is the award show voting ended in january and i think voting started in january so it's just like nah you could have just like had shit and fall i don't see what or you could just, oh, but wait well. so ranking of kings is double dipping then because if it's through if it includes if this nomination list would then include shows that aired in fall 2021 why not just nominate all of ranking of kings instead of core two specifically no i think that was a change for this year oh okay here let's go through uh okay what about best character where where's the best character award? Marin Kitagawa, Boji, Chisato, uh, David Martinez, Aaron Yeager, Lloyd Forger. So again, it's like the same shows and then just another one thrown in. I mean, I think this is the problem. On one hand, they have to go with what's popular because yeah, that's what most people are going to have seen. But then again, isn't like the whole point of like I don't know. I feel like the judges could be like the whole point of like the judges could then be like to like bring in stuff that people haven't seen. That is what the R Anime Awards does. They have a um a public vote and then like a jury vote. Well, that would just make sense. Very different. Yeah, that would make sense. Crunchyroll is a corporation. They don't care about actually, like, platforming shit that hasn't actually been, like, put into the public consciousness. Or, God forbid, not on Crunchyroll, now available for fifteen ninety nine a month. <laughs> they just care about, like, generating buzz. They want people to talk yeah. about their podcast. Talk about... Th- I mean, I mean, I mean their Anime of the Year award. Sorry. That, oh, that was okay. a Freudian slip. <laughs> Freudian slip. <laughs> Hi, and welcome back to the official Crunchyroll podcast. I'm going to say the N-word now. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> but uh, we don't have to like harp on the fucking anime of the year awards all fucking episode. <laughs> nah, nah. Let's let's try not to be as negative. Let's instead talk about why the fuck does the R anime awards have a category for cinematography? I mean, they're experts in what cinematography. Does that mean? What does that mean though? All right. So like, my okay. guess would be that Chainsaw Man wins that category because because it's it imitated the to cinema. Well, it imitated Western cinematography conventions more so than yeah. anything else on that list. Yeah, because like there's not like a cinematographer in anime animation there is a director of photography but that's just like the guy compositing like the character animation onto like the backgrounds which is a very important job but they're not like the ones deciding like the framing of shots or lighting that's stuff like a storyboard artist and like a layout artist would handle more than anything like a a actual director of photography so I i don't know yeah i saw this award this specific award and i was just like what does that mean? But I don't. I don't know. Like the R anime awards seem more respectable than the Crunchyroll awards, if by sheer virtue of the fact that one is not trying to just chill and make money. At least, like one's right. just being representative of its community. Yeah, what we're trying to say here is our anime awards. We want to be a host on the next. Uh, on the next. One. <laughs> Let us on. That's exactly what we're trying to say. I assure you, nothing. Let us on. Nothing's gonna go wrong. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? But I guess that kind of like tra- like takes us into like what people kind of should talk about when it comes to like what makes a good year, or like what was yeah. good that year, or like why stuff kind of was good for the year, or what like just that kind of yeah. general conversation. Yeah, yeah. Which everyone's gonna kind of have like their because uh, obviously. You know, kind of going back to what we said about, like, biases and stuff. Like, obviously, everyone's going to kind of have their own, you know, opinion on what makes a good year or, like, what is a good year, obviously. I would say mine, when I kind of look at a year and I'm, like, determining if it's a good year or not, I kind of look at, like, original anime probably most. And if there's, like, a good amount of original anime that are not necessarily just, I don't want to, like, say shovel fodder, but... (laughs) Like, stuff that kind of left an impact as far as, like, community-wise. And community-wise, and then were, like, interesting. Which well, there were, there were me, as many yeah. uh, in 2022 as there were in 2021. But there are some um, interesting original anime that came out last year. Yeah, like uh, Cyberpunk Edgerunners. Akiba Made War. Akiba Made War, yes. That was, uh, that was another one that we took us really by surprise. In more ways than one. I didn't see anything in this show coming. More so, I am genuinely shocked by what I have just seen. <laughs> I witnessed horrors beyond the ability for language to express. How how long have you been watching seasonals? Oh God, twenty sixteen maybe. You've been twenty sixteen. You, you've been doing it longer than me. What would you say was like your favorite year that you followed? Gosh, that's a tough one. I don't. Or do you have like a favorite season that you can think of offhand? Well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yeah, twenty twenty one. If only because twenty twenty was like such a, a shit year for like more reasons than one. That going into twenty twenty one, I think that there were. Projects that probably got delayed into 2021 from 2020 that are just kind of led to a lot of interesting stuff coming out. Yeah, I think it's weird. I think there's like a weird kind of cycle going on where it's like mm-hmm. every seven years here the last 20 something years or so. Because mm-hmm. uh, like 2007 was a really good year people liked. And then yeah. 2014 was like a year I think it was really but like high up there. Like 2011. Yeah, Everything I'm not saying like exclusively those years. Yeah. But yeah. there is like an interesting cycle. It's like every seven years. Mm-hmm. You get like a good kind of boom. Part of the 2006 or 2007? 2006. Okay. Um, I do think 2021 was a really good year. Yeah. 2014 might be my favorite as far as like what I followed. I mean, didn't you watch like over 100 anime from that year? Because you were like living as a need at the time. I used to watch a lot of seasonals. 
So like 2013, I watched a hundred something. Yeah, a lot. Like I don't know, we've seen like what 30 some shows from 2022, in like 2021 each. I think for people, that's also just a lot because you know, if, even if you watch 28 shows in a year, that's f- seven shows per season, and most people are only keeping up with like three. So on Malgraf, it says I watched 29. So okay. you might have watched more than that. Yeah, maybe. But the point is, we're already hitting above average, uh, and. For, I don't know how the fuck you watched so many shows from, like, one single year without, like, I don't know, killing yourself. <laughs> yeah, 20, 2013, I watched 102. God. 2014, I watched 121. And would that be w- during 2014, or are you including, like, afterwards as well? Um, Most of that, so most of that's going to be during 2014. That's like, I watched the majority, like, I remember, like, I watched 20 shows... I think I followed 24 shows summer of 2014, like week to week, mm-hmm. which when you're not working or doing anything at the time, it's a lot more manageable. <laughs> <laughs> so like back then, I was a lot more invested in like trying to platform lesser known shit. Like uh, when I watch seasonals, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we were watching them like now, there's yeah. like the time factor we have to take into account. Yeah, there's a high opportunity cost for every show we decide to take on in a season because we might only review one show in a season, if that. Right. Because just because of like how intensive it is to do that, but we'll watch. Well, many. even like even if we weren't doing like videos and stuff. Yeah. Like I'm at a point now where it has to be like, well, I might enjoy this show, but I just don't have the time to like invest into watching week to week there's stuff in my backlog i can go watch but i will say it's not the hardest thing like if you watch like i don't know seven shows in a season that's not really a a big commitment in my mind because think about it all right seasonals that are airing once a week so therefore you only need to watch one episode a day to keep up with seven seasonals right people always are like well why why would you watch stuff week to week it's like that's for me that's easier to keep up with than trying to like marathon it yeah it keeps you honest it's a little bit more consistent and you're kind of like a lot of these like I guess you would call seasonal kind of shows yeah you kind of enjoy it more when you're watching it week to week Mm because it's kind of that's kind of like the intended way to watch some of them for a lot of them yeah and a lot of these shows uh are, are being made to be made more or less in order to fill a slot and just like i don't know production companies just trying to put out as much as possible because profit incentive which is i mean that's really a big problem with the industry right now but that's also not the topic of this episode right i feel like people do kind of forget about that these are airing on tv in japan yeah and you're supposed to watch it as like you would watch a tv show so yeah. like you know all the fucking raising hope or fucking glees that you have here yeah where people are just coming home after working or going to school and they watch an episode just to unwind or whatever and i don't want to pay active attention to it so it's just like something to put on yeah yeah like that's how they are consuming anime yeah what's, so it's what's not something i can put on to just clean my brain it's not it's not meant to be like is this gonna be the next sopranos like yeah yeah <laughs> there's not this like, culture know, yeah, that's what like watching stuff on like streaming services is done and you look at like the environment for a lot of like western tv shows now and it's really shifted to like more quote-unquote prestige television yeah, uh, because of like the streaming environment is so I guess more competitive quality wise than cable, but that's not something people really think about because people aren't watching anime on TV really; they're watching it like streaming. Optimally, if you had the time, like if we somehow got into some like weird time dilation, where like <laughs> yeah. we could watch more anime and had like fifty hours of the day or something, like I would like to watch more. Oh, definitely. Because like you know, twenty fourteen there was like. Plenty of shows that I would have never watched, like, if it was just purely up to, like, what was kind of filtered through the general consensus mm-hmm. that I enjoyed. Like, you know, I, right, Local right. Doll, Garo the Animation, 
Inari Konkon Iroha or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Hell, like I even had fun with like Grisaya and like oh, fucking Grisaya. Like just shows like that. Like I would have never watched those shows if it was like up to like oh yeah people it's recommending like, yeah. it. Because it's like if I'm gonna go spend my time that I would work my backlog watching something, for it to be like a you know kind of just an okay kind of show, mm-hmm. it feels more of like a waste. Like man, I could have been watching this show that's been on my backlog for fucking ages instead of yeah, this. rather than like yeah. But like now we just don't really I don't really have the time. Like yeah, <laughs> you know now <laughs> that you have a full time job. Like yeah, it's just like it takes a lot out of you. You can't really relax watching anime that easily either because you have to, like, read subtitles and stuff. And we're not going to fucking watch stuff dubbed. Don't even fucking suggest that in the comments. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I've watched so much, like, I don't really have a hard time reading subs. <laughs> like, oh, you just understand Japanese? I, I mean, I can pick <laughs> up, like, because Japanese is a very scripted language. So, like, yeah, I could at least yeah, pick up, like, anime, yeah. some context. Yeah. And then, like, if I just glance at the subtitles, like, the last second they're on screen, I can usually kind of get the gist of what they said. Yeah. I don't yeah. do that very often, though. I usually try to give shit that I'm watching my full attention. Right, right. Because, like, otherwise, why would I bother? Why would, yeah. What's the point? So, yeah, 2014 was one that I think was, like, a really good year as far as, like, mm-hmm. watching stuff seasonally went. Because you had, like, good original anime that year, Space Dandy, Yuki Yuna, Young Animator Expo was big that year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chirobako, that was, like, one that Chirobako. took a lot of people by surprise. And then you had, like, the claim shows, like, you had the new Mushishi you had Ping Pong, you had an installment of Monogatari, Parasite, which people are going to be mixed on. And then another one they're mixed on, which is popular, is like, you know, Your Lie in April, that kind of shit. You have a good selection of stuff. Yeah. And even like just under the surface, you have a good kind of like mixture of like original anime that are good, like Garo and Shinkeki no Bahamut, like both of those. Terror, Terror in Resonance, which was uh, Shinichiro Watanabe. So that was, I think, was a good year. 2017 is another one I think is a good year. Kind of on that flip side, I don't think 2019 or 2020 were very good. Well, 2020 was gimped by COVID. 2018 is just, yeah. I don't know. There's not like a ton of like uh, in 2017 that I'm like blown away by either. I think it's had like a huge impact because, I mean, you have Made in Abyss, Kakigurui, uh, Konosuba, Made Dragon. Tiny the Evil, but that's kind of it. Well, so when I'm looking at 2017, I'm seeing, like, Sungatsu no Lion's second season, which was, like, a step up from season one. was really fucking good for me. You had the second season okay. of Rakugo. You had Hoseki no Kuni. Girl's Last uh, Tour. Girl's Last Tour. Uh, Eccentric Family season two, which didn't quite have the same impact as season one, because season one kind of came out of nowhere for some people. <laughs> yeah. They had less expectations, but it was still good. Yeah, another Monogatari series, uh, Little Witch, Natsume's had a season that year, Mahujin Guru Guru, the remake f- that Whoever year. the fuck you say that name. 2018 has a lot of, like, meme shows. 2018, 2018 is the year of anime. I was quite down on 2018 until, like, a little bit more recently, because mm-hmm. originally my favorite from that year was, like, Devilman Crybaby. Yeah. And then, like, the second and third was, like, Cardcaptor, Clear Card, and Golden Wind. And it was There's just like, cool eh. There's some cool stuff, though. Like, you got, like, Hinamatsuri. Yeah, that's... In the universe. That's my anime of the year for that year now, is Hinamatsuri. Hinamatsuri, yeah. Um, Precure went up there for me, too. That's kind of almost neck and neck with Hinamatsuri. Golden Kamui is cool. After the Rain, probably my favorite from that year. Gridman, Revy Starlight. So you got a good assortment there. I kind of improved on it, which that happens too, right? Like, yeah, I, you yeah, can't but, watch everything. But then, in the like, year. the biggest shows of the year were like 
Funny Girl Senpai, Violet Evergarden, Darling in the Franks. I like Violet Evergarden, all right, but it's it's okay. I, I fucking hated Darling in the Franks. I think, I, I think people, it. I think a lot of people did, but it was still really popular just because people were shitting on but it. Twenty nineteen, it wasn't even gimped by like anything. It just sucked. Like you had Bob, which had is Mom. good. You had B Stars, right. the uh, last season of Sympho Gear, which was Vinland and B, uh, yeah, Stars on my. Finland, uh, Chihaifu season three. Promare. But I can't actually say I've seen enough anime that like I was interested in from 2019 yeah. to like fill out a whole like top 10. <laughs> like I There's could. There's some stuff I need to watch from 2019 like Stars Align, but yeah. And I can be a bit guilty of just like taking like the top 10. Yeah. I think that's a good sample size. Like if you have stuff in your top 10, which for me, like we're looking at stuff and I'm like this, I'm interested in this. I'm not interested in that. So I might be missing stuff that I might like that. I just didn't hear enough of a buzz about, but I think like your top 10 should generally be reflective enough of like your opinion of that year. So if you got stuff, that's just kind of like, you're all right on like 2019, I've got like Dololo, which I'm just like, it's all right. Mm. I like it all right. It's fine. Cool. It's not black and white like the original. Like, if you got stuff like that in your top 10, like, it kind of is reflective of that year. 2020 even had some cool stuff airing in it. More so than 2019, I Yeah, you had, like, Azekin. Azekin, uh, Jesus came out. Hanukukun, which they're rebooting? Wait, what? Yeah, so Toilet Bound Spirit Hanukukun uh, came out in 2020. Got an anime adaptation in 2020. And they're bringing it back, but, like, restarting it, like, three years later? Why? I have no idea. Uh, Agadama Drive, which was awesome. D- Doro Hedoro. Inspector, my favorite podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, Azuken. Azuken is pro- yeah, probably my favorite from 2020. Yeah. There's still some like interesting stuff from 2020. It's just unfortunate that, especially the middle of the year, the summer season, like nothing came out because of COVID delays. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed, like, you know, the fishing slice of life, uh, Hokago, Tebo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ray Pretender, Koshiusa, Miracle Dreamy. Yeah, Kakushi Goto. Kakushi, uh, the Digimon Adventure reboot. What I watched of that was kind of neat. Okay, but it's not really in line with like what I prioritize and like looking at what makes a good year. Whereas twenty twenty one, in stark contrast, like in stark contrast, yeah, you have three anime originals in my top five for that year. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of really solid original content uh, and some interesting adaptations. I mean, you, of course, have uh, Mushoku Tensei. Which Mushoku Tensei, we got a video of that. We got a video of that. As much as I enjoyed that, didn't even make my top ten. Whereas really, wow. 2020 yeah. would have been, like, top five, so. Yeah, as far as, like, originals go, it's kind of uh, insane because between Wonder Egg Priority, Odd Taxi, Skate the Infinity, uh, Vivi Fluoride Eyes Song, uh, Sunny Boy, what the fuck else? Geki Doll I mean, five right there. Geki Doll, uh, Nomad, um, Megalbox season two. Nomad, Nomad. That's all in my top ten that I'm looking at. Okay, <laughs> but you had interesting, uh, uh, interesting like adaptations like Kageki Shoujo that a lot of people uh, talked about. Uh, Osama ranking, obviously. Osama ranking, of course. Uh, more B stars. But yeah, I, like 2021 was like stacked, which. You know, part of that's yeah. because of delays and stuff like that. Oh, Hikimonogatari, another interesting kind of original, kind of not. Uh, same with Yasuke. So, yeah, where does, where does 2022 stack up? 2022, um... Notably, I would say fall of 2022 might be up there for, like, yeah, one of my favorite seasons. Kind of a backloaded year. Yeah. In some ways. You have, yeah, Edge Runners, Dress Up Darling, Spy Family, Chainsaw Man... I guess, yeah, let's just go through like originals first. Uh, Ed- Edge Runners, Lycoris Recoil, Akiba Made War. Talked about that. Yuri Deco. Yuri Deco. There's a lot, yeah. So I'd say uh, there's some interesting like original anime. 
even if I didn't necessarily like them. Like uh, I didn't really like Gundam Witch from Mercury. Uh, but then you also have stuff like, uh, uh, of course, like Lycoris Recoil, um, Akiba Made War, Edge Runners. I guess Bubble is technically original, and Inoue, but those are movies. That's kind of a different thing. Yeah, like when I talk about like anime of the year stuff, like I'm not generally including movies. Yeah, and that's just mainly like partly because like when I'm watching it that year, obviously you can't watch movies when they come out. Yeah, that's always the struggle. Unless it's yeah. like Inoue. Yeah, uh, unless it's like brought over. It, unless it is like released on a streaming service globally, or it's brought over to the U.S. in theaters very quickly. Yeah, you're not going to be able to see something in the same year usually. And then even then, like it has to be like something that i'm invested enough to want to go to a theater that's yeah. out of my way to like see yeah yeah that's always like the other thing. so i just don't really associate that like movies in my mind with a year because mm-hmm. it's just kind of separate so i just kind of don't bother putting like i might do like an animated movie of the year or something but i'm not really like doing it all that as like yeah in the same kind of like way as anime of the year like for series but I don't know. Let's just uh, let's just go, like go down the list and like I don't know. Talk about some of the stuff that we watch. Yeah, let's actually talk about the show. All right, let's talk about Isekai Ojisan. So like we'll probably make a video on Isekai Ojisan. Maybe but if it, it ever it's been, fucking finishes. It's been one that like you know it's kind of a surprise because like you know we've talked about Isekai on the channel a little of bit. Of course, yeah. I'm know. not like a huge like even though I like I will give it a chance, but yeah, I'm yeah. still like not a huge fan of mm-hmm. Isekai like just biases wise. Sure. But Isekai Ojisan was like one that. You know, we watched and I'm like, it's like, you know what? Okay, let's this, just keep going. This one's a little weird because it's not an isekai. What it is, it is, it is the how I met your mother of isekai <laughs> in a similar vein to like Rakugo, which is how I killed your father. How I killed your father. Uh, if anyone, knows, that's not a spoiler if you guys shit your pants. Uh, but yeah, isekai with Jisan is it's interesting because you know, people talk about like, I don't know, Konosuba being like this, like satire or parody of like isekai tropes but it's not really this is what that is isekai ojisan is a pretty pretty incisive satire of a lot of the tropes and shit that you see uh in isekai and not okay which it's kind of ingenious in its setup because like since he is from like the year like the 1990s yeah like He's kind of before all of those like all those tropes were codified. Yeah. Like he doesn't he doesn't know what a sundere is because he wasn't around for like uh, familiar zero or anything like that when people really started like thinking about sundares or yeah just like I don't know general RPG tropes. He's playing every he's approaching the other world and its game mechanics like someone who grew up playing Morrowind. Well, he's like talking about fuck like Sonic the Hedgehog and shit. Yeah, <laughs> Gold yeah, Max. Yeah. He, he, well, because like okay, so for anyone who doesn't know, the premise for Isakayojisan is. A guy 17 years ago gets, like, into an accident and is put into a coma and is sent to another world. 17 years ago from 2017. From 2017. And then 17 years later in 2017, he wakes up from his coma and the whole show is basically just him telling his nephew about all the crazy shit that he did in the other world. Yeah, and his, nep- his nephew is, like, grown up as kind of, like, not, like, a huge, like, otaku or something. No, no, but, but, he, but know, he's, he's definitely kind familiar of... with, like, isekai tropes and stuff. Right, so he's, like, listening to all these stories, like, well, you're living the dream kind of thing. But then and he, he's just, but, like, But what? then it's, like, his uncle doesn't fuck everything up, but he goes about doing it in the most roundabout, like, he, like, sequence breaks the other world constantly, where he's, where it's, like, Oh, in order to save this girl, you got to go defeat the dragon. And he's just like, ah, oh, nah, I'm just not going to, like, get the special sword I need to defeat the dragon. I'm just going to kill it right here. Well, he, like, he kind of handles things like a normal person would when you, like, really yeah, kind of think like, about it. Yeah, he's, very pragmatic in a disarming yeah. way. Like, most people are like, oh, we got to go through this adventure. And he's, like, most people would be like, what's the fastest way to get where I need to go? 
Yeah. Or like when he's dealing with people, like, or like someone a, like him, it's obvious where he, he just kind of like group through a dungeon and then wipes their memories. No, no, no. He, no, he carries a group through a dungeon first by just finding the shortcut right off the bat. And then they're just like, well, that wasn't very satisfying. <laughs> so he wipes their memories and they go through the whole dungeon again, just properly, like the way you're supposed to do it. Uh, but then he's then it's like, well, that still wasn't really satisfying because you just carried us. So then he wipes their memories again in a way that uh, basically just clears him from their memories. Well, no, he like he thought that they weren't going to be satisfied. They were satisfied. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He thought they it. wouldn't be satisfied because he's a fucking right. insane person, right? He's like, well, this wouldn't be like my golden axe game. <laughs> and then there's like an elf girl who's constantly trying, the Sundere elf girl who's constantly trying to fuck him. But he is like the densest motherfucker on the planet and cannot pick up on it at all. Well, I mean, when you really think about it, if someone was like acting like her in real life, mm-hmm. you probably would be more annoyed with them and not really yeah, look at them that way. He's not thinking of it in terms of anime tropes. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Just the whole the character. I don't know his name. Just Oji-san. He really just kind of carries the show in just his sort of bizarre approach to problem solving and just the way he thinks about things. Like he tries to. Because he grew up on, like, all these, like, Genesis RPGs, there's a point where it's, like, a bunch of enemies are coming after him, and they're, like, next to a cliff. So he tries to, like, break their pathing by dire- trying to just stand on the other side of the cliff and hoping that they'll just run in mindlessly. <laughs> but then they don't, and he's like, what the fuck? This isn't like the video games at all. This isn't like the simulations. <laughs> just very specific stuff like that that you don't see in something like Konosuba. No. Where this show has, like, very specific references and ideas pulled from video games and isekai that I haven't really seen a lot of other shows be this incisive when it comes to satirizing the genre. Next, let's talk about, I don't know, next on the list, let's go down the fucking list. Mumi, what did you think of, of Chainsaw Man? I hated it. You hated it? CGI fucking ruined CGI, it. Fucking CGI, bullshit. 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 <laughs> I fucking, CGI wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like the greatest thing ever, but it wasn't like, I don't know, cancer. I mean, we've, we've talked about this. You fucking ribbed me. Like, I'm not generally a huge fan when, like, they use CGI to, like, augment visuals. Yeah. I understand, like, the process. And, like, I, yeah. there are good CGI and bad CGI. Obviously, just my preference is just more... Towards, like, I 2D would, animation. Right. I don't think it's bad in Chainsaw Man. It's implemented like, fairly well. Obviously, like, the issue with Chainsaw Man as an adaptation is that they were trying to emulate, you know, movies and stuff. Yeah, they were going for a very filmic look. And... I guess that's kind of like, I guess if we're talking about like preferences, you may not be a big fan of like CGI. I am generally not a fan of anime, 2D anime, trying to emulate the style and visuals of live action just because, I don't know. So you hate Jinro? Of course. No. Well, Jinro is like the case (laughs) where I think people think that about Jinro, but then you watch it and there are like a lot of like techniques and things that can only exist in animation. Uh, and of course, Chainsaw Man is like that as well. But Chainsaw Man is obviously borrowing so much from the visual language of cinema that I think we talked about Bochy the Rock as well. But I think people may have gravitated a bit more towards Bochy the Rock uh, because it existed within the medium of animation so well. Right. Whereas Chainsaw Man is like it is animation trying to be live action. And you're always going to lose something about like the actual appeal of animation when you try to do that which i guess like a lot of people aren't going to be like understanding about yeah. they're just going to look at it and be like they used the cgi for this monster bochi makes weird faces chainsaw man doesn't make weird faces therefore bochi better 
But I think that's just like a, I, I don't even want to say like a misguided mm-hmm. approach that the director took. No, no. Because it mean, makes like sense for Chainsaw Man. Around. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, there was a petition going around for them to readapt it with a different director, which is just like, yeah, that's, that's the complete fuck? fucking, that's what I was getting at. That's complete fucking bullshit. Like, I don't know why you yeah, would fucking. Yeah, fucking stupid. It doesn't justify that. I don't, but I don't want to say it's misguided because like it does make complete sense for Chainsaw Man. It's just obviously. Yeah. When that's Fujimoto not what the Chainsaw Man audience was looking for, I yeah. guess. I guess they were looking for more like. Well, then I think something close to eat it to and then they just didn't like it anyway because what the fuck? When you look at like some of the complaints, like I think they're looking more for something like eat it and because like the covers kind of guess, play with yeah. the, or the yeah, yeah the co- in terms of color, yeah, yeah, like that the covers kind of played with I guess, color I can theory see a bit that. more. They wanted like the hyper violent, just like stylized neon kind of shit. But it makes sense, and this is something I've been meaning to get around with, especially uh, Fujimoto's one shot manga. Uh, like look back and goodbye airy is that yeah his work is very informed by film especially western cinema mm-hmm. um and that is i think it's it's appropriate and interesting that it's reflected in the anime as well i just don't think it's necessarily as interesting i i'm the kind of guy that likes uh, in adaptations to be very different like Bochy the rock right from their source material where it's like they like change a lot of things because, you know, it's an adaptation. It should adapt to the new medium. It's its own thing. So it's like, just kind of own up to it. Yeah. And make, like, creative decisions that will be best for the product you're creating. It, there's always the fear of, like, if you make changes, people are going to be upset. And that goes doubly for Chainsaw Man. Right. Where even the slightest fucking change in the visuals from the manga to the anime set people off like fucking fireworks. Well, I remember people were complaining about, like, the change in visuals for um, My Hero Academia on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, but just like it's just like a shot of Makima standing there, and people were complaining that was different from the manga. It's like, dog, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's not like my manga. We'll go it's right, not like just go read the manga. People are fucking stupid when it comes to that shit. But um, I don't know. My thoughts on Chainsaw Man are, are generally just the same as what my thoughts on the manga were, which is um. It is a good show that I don't really get a lot out of. Well, so, like, I enjoy, like, shonen kind of battle shit, mm-hmm. like, when it's done in a way that, like, interests me. Because you look at stuff like Naruto and Bleach and stuff, and, you know, those sort of, like, I don't know, classic big three shonen uh, manga anime from Walls, uh, from uh, Weekly Shonen Jump. I always say Wall Street Journal because WSJ, because it's the same acronym. Uh, and you look at stuff like that, and but then you look at stuff coming out now, like Chainsaw Man, like Jujutsu Kaisen, and it's interesting how the shift has sort of come to like something a little bit more darker and grittier, I guess, while still retaining the overall structure and like storytelling ethos of Battle Shonen in general, Neketsu. Right. I think like the influence of like I want to say like maybe Togashi. I, I'm not going to claim to be an expert in, like, battle shonen shit. Yeah. But, like, just the general kind of through line you can kind of see I can, as I far can as, like, what's see, been popular. I can definitely see a connection between, yeah, like, Hunter x Hunter and this. And I'm not, oh, I'm not saying, like, there's, like, a direct, like, inspiration. But I think, like, Hunter x Hunter came, came from the lineage. Hunter x Hunter yeah. and uh, Yu Yu Hakusho kind of came from the lineage of, like, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. And it was kind of its own kind of lineage offshoot from like jojo or mm-hmm. uh of north star or whatever yeah. because you look at like chainsaw man though and in like there are very shonen elements but they're just played in a way that is like like a crazy person made them like you have like the classic shonen trope of like the mentor character who is introduced by beating the shit out of like the main character you have like i don't know you're like kakashi in, in naruto for instance yeah in chainsaw man you have that but he just fucking murders them and like snaps their necks immediately that's the same for like edith and tachi too yeah 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 because i mean you could draw a lot of comparisons between this and edith and yeah 
uh, just in terms of taking these, like, because Edithan has the thing of, like, you know, shown in anime, it's always like, you know, you convert your enemies, you know, bad guys can become good guys. Edithan Tachi does that by brainwashing. Part of that probably comes from a Dragon Ball. Yeah, yeah. They had, like, the whole fucking, like, sane thing where it's like, every battle makes me stronger when I get healed. And so, like, they've just taken that to the extreme He's now. Taking where it's taking these, like, codified like... tropes and playing them in a, in a, in a deconstructed way <laughs> where it's grounded and realistic. But no, it's, it's just, like, comically graphic, basically. I would call it, like, grungy. Grungy, how yeah, kind of... yeah. There's some grit to it. Uh, Chainsaw Man and um, Jujutsu Kaisen, which Jujutsu Kaisen's obviously not, like, on the level of, like, Chainsaw Man as far as just, like, general a little trashiness I don't know. And, and, yeah it, like weird boob fondling scenes that if you want to take a shower people afterwards. aren't eating vomit yeah <laughs> like what the fuck but they kind of have like that Jujutsu Kaisen still kind of has like the underlying kind of like grunge feel to yeah, it yeah yeah and that yeah. might just be because of the adaptation are both done by MAPPA yeah 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 I mean Edith and Tachi was also handled by MAPPA as well so yeah but I, I, I am all on board for like this kind of new wave of like battle shonen-esque you know, kind uh, of shows What's what's the term for like like new horror shit coming out? like elevated horror or something like that? There, there's our term elevated shonen. That's our pretentious. Elevated. That's our pretentious. You know, it's not like those like garbage shonen like One Piece or whatever. This is elevated shonen. <laughs> you know, that's our like snarky film critic term that we're we're coining that right now. We're too white collar to enjoy <laughs> the pleb One Piece and Naruto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need we need cultured anime like Chainsaw Man. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I am looking forward to like seeing more of Chainsaw Man. If they ever make more, if they ever apparently make it's more. not done well sales wise. I don't know how it's impacted like the manga sales, which is obviously like more important to like these adaptations. Oh yeah, certainly yeah. I mean, I feel like I mean people weren't angry at the manga, so I don't think the manga is really going to be hurt that much. Well, it's not. not I'm saying like it's going to hurt the manga sales, like make them go worse. But they look at like you know how much they invested into the anime as promotion for the manga. In contrast to like the increase in sales it received in that time period after the anime aired, right, 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 from the promotion of the anime, and then like blue the Blu-ray sales kind of more are for uh, the studio, which from what I've seen of like the Blu-ray sales, it's only like a thousand or sixteen hundred or something like in the first volume, which oh, is yeah, not yeah, good. Yeah, it was not. You compare that to like I don't know Bochi the Rock or like Earth's Recoil, and it's just like in another. Well, there used to be like kind of like a general rule of thumb. Where it's like 10,000 volumes breaks even for the adaptation for the studio. Right, right. Which it doesn't really matter because they're being paid by the licensing company. They get paid up front anyway for a lot of this stuff. Right. But that's when you start kind of making money as the studio is when you hit that 10,000 mark, I guess. So 1,000 is like not good. No. I mean, it's not uncommon, but it's not, not uncommon, good. but especially for a project as promoted and probably as like high of a financial stake as Chainsaw Man. That is, um, that's that's poopy. It's poopy. That's bad. That's uh, actually that's, abysmal. Yeah. That's uh, that's like, uh, I don't know, an executive is like throwing themselves out a window or hanging themselves with a noose. <laughs> Which you really hate to see because like it is a good adaptation. That yeah. is, it's an adaptation that they do not deserve, to be honest. <laughs> like there are so many shows of like fucking Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. Um... As someone who read Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. That is, like, one of my favorite manga. Right, right. It's been a rocky history for that one. So there was rumors kind of back in the day that Gainax had been looking into adapting Lucifer and Biscuit Hammer, which I think that's kind of been all but confirmed now, kind of more in retrospect, where I guess they were looking into 
adapting it back around the time of panning and stalking. Right, and they went with panning and stalking instead. Well, the mangaka really was pushing for them to bring the pillows back on. Okay. Because a lot of, there's a lot of inspiration from the pillows. Like there's, you know, the names of like pillow songs and albums and stuff like that. So they were like, hey, it'd be really cool to have the pillows on because I would really kind of capture the aesthetic I was going for. And so they kind of got into talks with that a little bit and it kind of fell through and they end up just going with panty and stocking instead, I guess. Right. So right. it's kind of bittersweet that we got an adaptation. But, but it, it's like, okay, if if the Chainsaw Man adaptation was like the Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer adaptation, we would be hearing stories about like murder. I would be pissing and shitting myself <laughs> if Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer had a Chainsaw level oh, adaptation. Yeah, yeah. If, we, if you like swapped these two, yeah, that would be fucking insane. I would be coming fucking everywhere. Like I have not read the uh, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer manga, and I watched the anime. We, won't, we didn't even really finish the anime. We, I do want to finish the anime. Yeah, I want to finish it too, but we didn't finish it. And we watched, like, I don't know, maybe the first six episodes or something, and we got to, like, a character death, and I was just like, nah, I think I want to read the manga before I have any more moments like this ruined for me. Yeah, the just, pathos is yeah, just, just not like, there. Yeah, we just, put it on pause, because don't they cut out a lot of stuff, too? Uh, it's mostly faithful, but they have cut out okay. a decent amount for just for, like, pacing-wise. Right, right. I mean, it's, like, a 12, 13-volume manga that's been adapted into a two-core yeah, series. Yeah. That's not optimal pacing. But this one's kind of going to be... Uh, Lucifer and Biscuit Hammer in particular is a bit tricky mm -hmm. because the mangaka, they kind of have a weird, like, juvenile, like, maturation to them, I guess, where their writing style is very kind of, like, ham-fisted and juvenile feeling mm -hmm. in the sense of like you know like a character will be talking about like edgy stuff or something right, right, right. I like oh the chains are holding me of uh, <laughs> human connections are holding me down yeah like playing lincoln park or some bullshit and it feels very clunky but there's like this weird like underlying sense of like maturity to it mm -hmm. that handles it like the pathos and like at least the manga like really well in spite of, like, how kind of clunky it feels. Okay. That's going to be a very hard line to kind of balance for a, a director. Right. Because, like, you kind of have to have that style. Because they're imitating, like, the style of, like, battle yeah, show yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stories. He's a saint and author, but he's, you know, very much kind of a fan of... You know, battle show and shit. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's kind of be able to, like, straddle that line. If you're a director, you're going to have to try and imitate that because you have to capture the way that he captures pathos in while the writing is like not super great, but the pathos is just there. Yeah. So you have to capture that while not having that level of writing. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a difficult task for anybody, let alone a studio that obviously does not have great funding for this project. Like this is clearly a passion project. A passion project that got made, uh, but did not get the production attention that it probably right, deserved. Which is... It sucks because, like, you can't be mad at it. Yeah, it's more so just disappointing and kind of I, sad. It's purely just sad for me. Like, I'm not <laughs> even disappointed because, like, I had no expectations of yeah, ever getting yeah. an anime anymore. But mm -hmm. we get it, and it's just like, you just see it, and you're like, you think of the missed potential that there could have been yeah, yeah. getting a guy next. It would have been a Amaishi fucking a directed adaptation right? with, like, the fucking pillows and it's like a favorite manga. That would have been like fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. And we get this, which they're doing their best, but it's just not very good, you know? Yeah. But it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. You can't be mad.
unlike fucking Chainsaw Man fans who fucking get <laughs> fucking, a great adaptation and yeah, they're they shitting all over it. Chainsaw Man fans are eating well and they don't they don't know how they're eating good a they fucking prime it. rib and yeah. bitching about how it's not a fucking McDonald's cheeseburger or some yeah. shit. I don't know. You want to know another anime that aired this year that uh, uh was also named after a song? What is that? Call of the Night, baby. There's our transition. Oh, my god! Oh, my God. <laughs> um, Call of the Night, yeah. Call of the Night. Uh, what did you think of, of Diet Monogatari? Tasted like Diet Coke. We have, it's like, <laughs> I, I want to watch Monogatari. We have Monogatari at home. Monogatari at home. <laughs> Which, I, I was not worth, a fan I, of Call of the Night. I liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was a cool show. I liked. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I don't hate it. Yeah, but it's. It's just. I don't know. It's just like you said. It's Monogatari light to yeah, me. Yeah, if you enjoyed Monogatari, you'd probably enjoy this because it was. Uh, I mean, I think it obviously takes pretty heavy influence from uh, Monogatari, just in terms of you know they're both about vampires uh, and like a kid wandering around at night in an empty like city setting. I think yeah, I think you said like your the appeal to you is kind of like the aesthetic of it. Yeah, yeah, of like just a lot of ways. walking around at night. Because yeah, I mean, because it's like directed by uh, Tomoyuki Itamoto, who directed basically all of Monogatari from like Nisei through Zoku, with the exception of like the uh, Kizu movies. Because he seems to have like a fascination with vampires. Because he also directed the case study of uh, Vanitas, which is also about vampires. So I don't know. I think the dude's got like a fetish for this shit. I mean, a lot of people in the aughts had a fetish for very true vampires. Thanks, Twilight. Um, Monogatari is Twilight's fault. Very true. <laughs> it's Twilight for Monogatari, Japanese Mono, The Monogatari series walked so Twilight could run. <laughs> um, I think that's the opposite. No, fuck you. Twilight walked so Monogatari <laughs> could run. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the like a, a big part of the appeal for Call of the Night for me is like the audio visual presentation because I do like the uh, the you know nighttime urban setting where everything's empty, it's quiet. It's definitely atmospheric, yeah. Yeah, and I like I really like the soundtrack as well. It's probably my favorite soundtrack from the year, although it's not like I really pay attention to like anime soundtracks. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, um, soundtrack didn't do anything for me. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's just like a cool. It's a cool, like laid back show. If you if you're looking for something like like a sort of like urban fantasy kind of thing, I'd say probably check this out. You know, urban fantasy slice a lot. Like, I I didn't really get anything out of it. I guess because like I'm not yeah. really in. It's one of those. I feel like it is gonna be like a aesthetic. If you think the main girl is hot, watch it. I don't it. think the main girl's hot. There you go. There you have it. I do. Here we have a sample size of two, and that's pretty consistent. Oh, there you go. Let's talk about another hot main uh, character. Let's talk uh, about Ursa Yatsu. Yeah, there you go. The, the girl from the, the other original, side. The girl from the, oh god. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk about let's talk about uh, new Ursa Yatsu. Yeah. We got two new adaptations this year of like older series, maybe more. I just wasn't paying attention. We have Tokyo Mew Mew New and then Ursa Yatsu. Yeah, we'll knock both those out here. Uh, It'll be pretty quick. Yeah. So, so what did you think about the new Ursa? We didn't really watch much of it. We you know, we watched I don't know maybe the first six-ish episodes something like that yeah we were group watching it i don't know what happened with that we were group watching it and then it fell through um but what did you think about it so from what it's adapted of the um source material which it did jump yeah. around a little bit from the original anime. yeah yeah it did yeah. which did you watch the original anime oh uh, i've seen bits and pieces and i've seen like beautiful dreamer and yeah stuff, you're one but... of those cowards who just jumped straight to beautiful dreamer of course <laughs> I've seen 
over a third of the anime. Yeah, the you have anime. not seen Beautiful Dreamer. Though. I have not got to Beautiful Dreamer because I'm watching it yeah. in chronological order. Well, I guess I guess like a major distinction to make is that this is not handled by Mamoru Oshii, no. so it's going to just be a different beast by virtue of that. From what it's adapted of the same material, comparing like it to the original. Yeah, I think it's adapted better. Yeah, because Oshii just kind of took stuff and like did what he wanted with them. Yeah, I think the creative like decisions and like liberties they take with this adaptation. Because, like, the original adaptation, to me, had, like, a really weird pacing to it. And, like, everything was falling yeah. flat for me for, like, the first... It's it's fucking convoluted because they're, like, half episodes. And I don't know if you count them as, yeah, like, one episode yeah, for 15 yeah. um, minutes or whatever the fuck. But, like, until they switched over to, like, the full episode format, uh-huh. everything in that first bit kind of feels flat for the most part yeah. like in the comedic sense that's fine yeah. there are some good episodes in there like uh i think it's episode 10 whatever the uh, christmas episode is okay that was a good episode in the original adaptation but everything that i've seen like that it's adapted that the original also adapted it handled it better i would say we need to just go through and watch it but not watch it in order no we're gonna watch it using like shaves guide shaves guide <laughs> The, that that fucking guide that he made so you can only watch the best episodes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, One thing that really stands out, though, is that not that the original show looked bad, but this show looks fucking phenomenal. Well, it's closer to, like, like the, the manga one. covers, like, at least color-wise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you look at, like, I don't know, like, Lum's hair, for instance, mm-hmm. and on the manga covers, it's, like, all, like, very, like, multicolored and stuff, and they do that in the anime, too. Uh, whereas that's not really something you get in the original anime. Well, so the original anime, I think, does, like, I would say from what I've seen, which it's not fair to compare to the new one quite yet because it hasn't had not the time. Really. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the strength of, like, them kind of just doing whatever the fuck they wanted with the original mm-hmm. was, like, you get these, like, weird kind of, like, artistic kind of episodes. There's an episode where they uh, are in the library and, like, the books just randomly start coming to life. Mm. And so you get, like, all these references to, like, famous paintings. And, like, there's a girl in there who ends up being, like, Wendy from Peter Pan. You just get all these, like, weird references to, like, Venus and stuff like that. Like, the our painting of Venus. You get, like, really cool visuals like that. Mm-hmm. You get, like, a lot of time. Because, like, the strength of Ose Yasura to me... Probably the strength of the show is, like, the relationship between Atoru and Lum. Right, right, right. I'm not, like, a huge fan of romances, right? Right. Especially where, like, romance is, like, like the main focus of right. the show. Like, you look at Mason um, Koku is, like, the meme example I always point to. <laughs> it's kind of a good comparison because they're both quite considerable in size. Mason Koku kind of focuses more on the romance, which kind of creates a problem when it's that long because like when the driving force of the show is purely the relationship between the characters they start having to do some like contrivances and stuff like that to like generate drama and like intrigue and stuff like that right and it kind of ruins the flow for me of the show sure yeah and the characters a bit because like there'll be moments where i'm like they're just kind of acting like a bitch. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Why would you be acting like that? And Uwase Yatsura, the strength of it is, like, it's not focusing on the romance. And, like, the romance is kind of more a little dangling carrot. You'll have an episode where it's just, like, I don't know, they go to, like, a party or something. 
on the moon or whatever the fuck. And like you occasionally get these little like moments of just like brevity where Atu is sitting there like reading a magazine or something and like he's being a little shit and doesn't want to like look up from his magazine. So he's just like blindly reaching for chips and because she's like attentive, Lum sees him reaching for it and pushes it under his hand so he can like grab it. And Little moments like that. Yeah. Right. You get these really nice quality moments in between just kind of enjoyable episodes of them doing wacky shit. Yeah. And that's something that has been explored more in the original anime than what we've seen of the new one. But as I said, from what they've adapted, the new stuff was adapted better. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to like watching the whole thing. It's just Yeah, we gotta sit down. We gotta sit down and like, I don't know, yeah, just watch it on our own time basically, which we're really bad at doing. Oh, yeah, we're <laughs> We're horrible. We're really bad. We're really bad at doing our job. Well, there's just so much fucking shit to watch. <laughs> we're like real anti-tubers, dude. <laughs> we don't watch anime. Well, to be fair, we watch more than a lot of them. We at least probably do. Yeah, it's alarming to us. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about Tokyo Mew Mew? I don't have any thoughts on this. You one. watched the original Tokyo Mew Mew, didn't you? I don't remember anything about it, and I don't remember <laughs> anything about this new one, like at all. I don't like the new one. Okay, it's all right. Yeah. But this is going to be the reverse of Usa Yatsura. The aesthetic of the original was so just seeped in like 2000s digipaint. Yes. That like it's part of what defines that era. Right, right, right. They're so kind of iconic, which I guess people are going to yeah. argue that for Lum and stuff too. I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I guess because like it's the source material, whereas like mm -hmm. Lum's source material was a manga and it was that's quite as reflective of the manga that it kind of gets away with it more. But, like, the character design changes they did, I wasn't a fan of. Obviously, this one was only 12 episodes. I guess it's going to... There's going to be more. Yeah, I had a second season did, I remember it didn't end. Yeah. But this adapted the first 26 episodes, I think. Okay. I mean, it didn't cover nearly what the first 26 episodes of the original did, but no. it ended on the same cliffhanger for the first season, or first 26 episodes that right, they did. Right, I don't remember what that is. There was a MacGuffin that got put into... A cocoon and it grew into a moth and they had to fight the okay, moth. Okay, is that what happened? Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't, it was, it has to do with like water or aqua or something. This is new information to me. I don't remember the details, but <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I generally just didn't like this adaptation. It wasn't like bad, but it's just kind of like there's a superior adaptation over there. Yeah, just go watch yeah. the original. I mean, you, you, Kai, and Hayden can talk about this in depth when it fucking finishes. We can. Will we? We can. Questionable. Question mark. Let us know in the comments if you want to see those three schmucks review this fucking anime and the original. I kind of want to do that for uh, Urusa Yasura, too. <laughs> Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and DM your nudes to Mumi on Twitter. <laughs> Please don't. But I do like I do like the original Tokyo Mew Mew. I wouldn't say it's like the greatest yeah magical girl show i've ever seen or anything but it's at least like fun yeah this one was not fun but it did have the mew mew truck oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't we watch the original tokyo mew mew dubbed we did like, like the first we watched it, a, no we watched it subbed but we, no, watched, we watched we did we did both we watched yeah we watched the first 26 episodes dubbed right because only the first 26 episodes are dubbed. right right but we also watched it in japanese so like with yeah, I want. I, so we need to make that distinction because with Kodacha, when we watched it, we watched the first fifty episodes right, dubbed, right, 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 but we didn't watch it subbed. Yeah. But then we had to right, watch right. the last fifty episodes subbed, which was a weird transition. Um, yeah, banger dub, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so I guess in terms of um new entries into old franchises, Mumi, what did you think about Gundam: The Witch from Mercury? 
I sure know what I fucking thought about it. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a bit contentious for us. Because we got into an argument when we watched the last episode. Yeah. But I think our general opinion is not super far off. Because, like, I'm a, I'm all right on it. It's just kind of like, eh. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I've seen much more Gundam than you have. I've not seen any Gundam. Yeah, I've seen... Which, that already is pissing people off. <laughs> I've watched, like, a good chunk of Gundam, let's put it that way. And then, like, Turn A is my favorite Gundam. Okay. Now, what did you think about Witch from Mercury? <laughs> I liked Witch from Mercury when it wasn't political. <laughs> I think that this would be a good show if you removed the politics. Well, the problem with it is, like, the politics aren't just, are not very good. The politics did, are I fucking do, stupid. Well, I do, okay, so they're doing some interesting shit. Not necessarily, like, the politics of, like, the Tarians versus, you know, the Spacians or whatever. Anytime there's a scene of, like, people in a dark room looking at monitors and, like, plotting something, I checked out. Yeah. I was like, I do not fucking care about what these fucking, like, comically evil mustache-twirling villains are doing. Yeah, no, I want to see these characters. I want to see these characters make, like, a cute, like commercial for Gundam. That is the best part of the show. I don't necessarily disagree with you. Like, I do think the boardroom shit is just fucking ass, which... Yeah. I don't know anyone that's gonna necessarily disagree with that unless this is, like, their first fucking Gundam. I guess, yeah. And they've never seen a fucking political anime before in their life. <laughs> I don't think it's, like, terrible, but it's just not... It's so annoying. I don't know. Maybe it's one of those pet thieves that I have. Yeah, it was just, like, it's on the nose. It's not really in service to anything, like, really greater. I... Right. I think it is doing some interesting things with like the meta commentary where it's like yeah this is something that kids I don't know about too. gundams and yeah they literally say they literally say at points that our generation doesn't know anything about gundam yeah and then and like it's just like okay i haven't seen gundam before but i can already tell that this is like a weird meta thing going on right and then, like, talking about, like, how the Gundams kill their pilots. Yeah, yeah. That's a thing, like, a recurring kind of theme in the shows, but that's not, like, an actual literal plot point. Right. Like, the original Gundam, the RX-78, didn't just kill its pilot because it used it. It killed its pilot because, like, he was kind of, yeah. like, the only one who could pilot it, and they kept having to throw him in the battle, and eventually it just caught up to him kind of thing. Right. Same with, like, a lot of the Gundam series. So it's interesting that they're kind of making that, like, a literal point. Yeah. And so, like, you see some interesting things going on in the show, but it's just, but it's like... it's not executed well. No. The political drama specifically is just... I just... And people kept telling me, because I people draw a lot of comparisons between this and Nutna as well, which I also have not seen. Oh, my God. But when I was, like, watching it and when I was complaining about it, I was like, okay, I literally just want to see a show about characters trying to marry this girl by fighting each other with mechs i want to see the bachelorette but with mecca and we were just like oh dog just watch utina <laughs> i'm like okay there we go that's utina that's utina sounds like a masterpiece well there's no mechs in utina well that's, that's fine utina. but like the, the general idea um, right it's not as like light-hearted as like the light-hearted stuff in this show. There, there are some light-hearted stuff in this show, but let's not go into that rabbit hole. Anytime it was just like uh, the main two girls just sort of like interacting in like a playful way or something, that was that was the best stuff. That was the stuff that I was liking the most, and I wish they did more. Uh, of it. What's her name? Sulemeta. Soleta. 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 Stiletto. Stiletto. Suleta. Stiletto. Slutty. <laughs> she's she's one of the best girls this year. The yeah, fucking little like... autismo. <laughs> Well, she was until the last episode fucking ruined her. <laughs> See, this is well, okay. this is where we got to the argument. I'm not going to like spoil shit. I'm not going to like spoil shit for anyone to the specifics or whatever, but we watched the last episode and I was like, "Okay, that was a pretty good episode. I feel like things happened finally instead of people just talking about doing things. I think people actually did things." 
And then the last scene, which plays after the ED, yeah, plays, we watched the credits. We were like about to like close it. And like, yeah, and then the last scene, scene plays, up. and we watched it. And I then just said to Mumi, "Okay, never mind. This wasn't a good episode." But see, like, because it fucking ruins her character. I don't. Okay, I don't think it ruins her. Like, I think it's they're fucking gonna, stupid. Like having seen other Gundams, I feel like I can kind of see where they might go with this. And like the quote unquote twist or whatever. I don't think it's quite gonna be as like edgy and grimdark or where like kind of where you're I thinking am it's going. Coping. I am <laughs> like I don't oh, think it's God. gonna go that direction, but like I feel like because like it's too fucking like like I don't know why they would do that. Like I don't know why they you think they would go that direction. We we just... have to keep in mind that this is the writer of Code Geass. Which also means it's the writer of Planetes, my favorite anime, but you know That's true, we do have to keep in mind it is <laughs> Chaos. Yeah, I'm not gonna say like I think it's good, and I'm like looking forward to next season. But like I, I'm still interested to see. Like I don't think oh, it's no, gonna I, go. Oh, no, I'm gonna keep watching it because I I hope that it gets better. There's a hope in my heart because I can see it being better, and I just hope that they like it actually gets better. Maybe maybe that's where a distinction because like I never like I'm just kind of like flatline on all of this show. Yeah, <laughs> and like just Soleta, I think is kind of cute. I don't know. Nothing really does well, it's a lot like, for me in this kinda, show. It's, it's it's basically what Lycoris Recoil does right. This show does wrong. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like at the I was at the last episode. I think we were just like, oh, they're so gay. Just just be gay. Like just stop be gay. <laughs> stop doing all this robot shit. Just be gay. <laughs> Which I guess you get that out of Dojin. There's my molding. I'm just like my hairline has receded another three inches. Just talking <laughs> about the show. Let's talk about something else. I don't have a transition. Shinepost. Shinepost is an idol anime that I was watching. I have not finished it, but I, I picked it up because the first episode looked pretty good. Uh, I really like the choreography, the dance sequences, where it looked like it might have been rotoscoped over CG, but it was implemented so well that it was hard to tell. So I just kept watching it because of that, and the girls were cute. And I haven't seen a lot of idol anime, so I was just like, I should watch more idol anime. So I picked it up. It's all right. It's about what I expected. I don't know. Maybe Idol Anime just isn't my jam. Let's talk about something else. Yeah, I didn't watch Shine Post. Yeah. We can talk about Inuo. That's got music. Oh, hell yeah. That's got music in so it. So this is like, it's definitely not the first like anime musical, but it is definitely the first anime rock opera. <laughs> it is the first, it, well, it's not even a rock opera. It's a concert film. I mean, kind of rides the line of both. Yeah. Okay. So for anyone who doesn't know, I guess, because Inuo is like quote unquote underground as far as like movies go. You know what was the, the latest film from uh, Masaki Wasa, one of our favorite directors, mm-hmm. and is about a biwa player and a singer in 13th century Japan. Makes for an interesting complimentary piece to Heike Monogatari. <laughs> yeah, so well that's, what the, well, that's what they're doing. They're singing songs about the Heike. So if you saw Heike Monogatari, it makes like for an interesting companion piece to this because of the similar setting. And if you watch Inuo, the start of the movie is directly referencing what happens at the end of Heike Monogatari, which might be confusing for some people who don't have historical context, but that's okay. The plot literally doesn't matter. No, you're just watching it for... Uh, oh, what? oh, the singer, Avachan. Yeah, you're just watching it for uh, their singing. Yeah. Their fucking distinct voice they've got a hell of a voice yeah um because yeah the plot of the movie is just like a vehicle to get to the concert sequences which are awesome the music is great yeah abochan 
has a phenomenal voice. I I not like listened to like Queen Bee. I think they did an ED for Chainsaw Man actually, which was also pretty cool. Oh, and they I did guess the also OP for Dololo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just the uh, yeah, just watch it going into it expecting a concert film more or less. Yeah, it's it's not going to like it doesn't blow your mind like it's not going to be like, "Oh my god, this is so deep" or whatever, but In it's just like of, a like, fun characters or themes. Or... Yeah, it's just it's it's about the spectacle really. Yeah, it was a good watch in the theater. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, when I saw it in the theater, it was completely empty. I was the only one there. Was it the case for you? No, we had people in our theater. I actually okay. went with somebody, too. Okay. Yeah, I just went completely alone and just watched it alone. I was like, hell yes, this is the perfect experience, but it's also really depressing that no one's seeing this movie. Yeah, if you, you ever want to know the difference being Psy, I was reluctant, but I ended up driving 20, 30 minutes with a friend of mine. Whereas I drove alone an hour and a half to see this movie. <laughs> It's much more dedicated to anime. It's uh, it's Yuasa, so it's fucking like schizo animation wise. There's a lot of like great sequences in it. Uh, yeah, I would just highly recommend it, especially if you're a fan of Yuasa's work. In fact, if you're a fan of Yuasa's work, you've probably already seen it by now because it's been released on Blu-ray for a while. Character designs are also uh, Matsumoto. Oh yeah, Matsumoto. Yeah, mentioned. so it's like it's like a ping pong reunion. Speaking of Science Saru, mm-hmm. there was a studio behind Inuo. We had Yuri Deco that we watched the fucking yeah. Zoomer anime. The Zoomer anime. Yeah, let's um. <sighs> I have mixed feelings about Yuri Deku because I think it started off pretty strong. I think a lot of the the themes and ideas it was going for in terms of technology and the setting are interesting, especially if you contrast it to because Cyberpunk Edge Runners had aired like right before it. And um, what makes it interesting is like the sort of contrast in how they approach cyberpunk settings and the way young people interact with technology in these sorts of settings, because, you know, Cyberpunk is your much more straightforward, typical, dark, dirty cyberpunk setting. Right. Whereas Yuri Deco, it's a bit more uplifting and cheerful because, like, the setting, like, the idea of the setting is it's on this island, and this island is basically just, like, all these, like, boring-looking concrete buildings and stuff that are just, like, bland. It's like a real city. But then they're adorned with, like, these, like, digital decorations and stuff that are, like, uh, augmented reality put in. And that's what sort of beautifies the city. So it's the sort of like idea of like reality sucks so much that people are like fixing it with technology and, and the internet and like virtual reality and stuff like that, which I think is really interesting. And unfortunately, the actual like plot and characters they show are just bleh. Yeah. As far as like the setting, I guess to contextualize this, mm-hmm. I'm a. F- fucking 30 year old from texas yeah i'd imagine like the character designs and like the uh the way they're talking about a lobby and stuff like that probably would be very grating for anyone oh, yeah, over no, the, the age the of zoomer 17. shit yeah that kind of shit is grating but like as far as like <laughs> just the setting okay like just the setting of this where it looks like it's just like twitter sponsored like government issued shit that's like being <laughs> p- fucking plastered on fucking buildings like it is the literal hellscape more so than cyberpunk edgerunners to me. <laughs> like, there's cameras fucking everywhere, targeted advertisement, like, just fucking, like, likes and upvotes. Well, that's the thing. It's still, like, it's still, like, a dystopian surveillance state, but the presentation to it is very different. Yeah, they put, like, a very happy face on it. It's just, like, this is more of a hellscape than the actual hellscape. 
But yeah, I think we were both disappointed in Yuri Deco. I don't think it started off strong like you did. Like, I didn't it. started hate off it. strong, and then towards the midpoint when stuff slowed down and it kind of became like an episodic mystery show, that's kind of where I was like, I it don't really dragged. There were some interesting ones. I was like, I guess toward the beginning where like they have like the fucking made up animal. Yeah. Like, oh, that's kind of a that's kind somewhat of interesting little that, commentary. But yeah, other than that, yeah. It's other like, than that, like, yeah, once you got, like, into the weeds of, like, you know, they had drama in their group. Yeah, it's just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, no one gives a fuck about it. I don't care. After that. No one gives a fuck. Let's talk about the better anime from Science Saru, the Tommy Time Machine Blues. Oh, yeah. Maybe review at some point. Uh, yeah, we do intend to kind of do, like, a big Tatami kind of video. A proper, a proper review of this because we do have a lot of stuff to say i think it's we both really liked it right yeah this is if it weren't for mob this would be my favorite anime this year yeah presumably people listening to this are familiar or have seen the tatami galaxy and this is a new story with the same characters but a very different core theme like you know i guess it technically like walks back like the character development that all the everyone got in the original tv show but since it's a different timeline that doesn't really matter and the idea that it's going for is different from the original tv show but also kind of complements it in a really strong way yeah it kind of almost has like its own themes too yeah yeah yeah. you're not really meant to like consume it as like another episode of tatami galaxy Oh no, it's it's like a um an interesting bonus, I guess, addendum. Yeah. Which I guess uh, this is something we'll fucking talk about more when it comes to like the proper review if we ever get to that is that like what this is an adaptation of is this is an adaptation of a book written by the author of Tatami Galaxy and the book is an adaptation of the play written by the guy who did the script for Tatami Galaxy when adapting the book. Okay. Does that make sense? No. It's very confusing. Everything about, everything about this, it's trying to explain this, is confusing. So let's just stop. <laughs> let's just say this is really great. If you like the Tatami Galaxy, I would highly recommend checking it out because it does a really solid job. Yeah, I think we I think we can probably do a top ten at the year just to yeah. kind of throw people a bone. Yeah, you were a bit more apprehensive about this as well going into it. I was because you had the spinoffs at the end of uh, right, Tatami like those, Galaxy. Like, those like specials that came with like the Blu-ray release. Yeah, which I think was kind of referencing like 3000 leagues under the sea or something but i was not a fan of those and like to me tatami is just kind of like this it's self-contained package like it doesn't need anything right right so like the prospect of them doing another spinoff i was like i don't know like it's especially because it's been what 11 years over a decade yeah why do we need to go back right but coming out of it, I was happy they did. Yeah, like it's, it's it kind of encapsulates that element to it. Like mm-hmm. it didn't directly like have anything that references the fact it's been ten years no, or even anything no. that's like a direct analog. But it kind of is able to take advantage of the fact that it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. To kind of add some extra pathos to it. Right, like, right, right. You know, let's talk about let's talk about Mob Psycho season three, the end of Mob, the end of Mob Vangelion. which I think we're also intending to make like a good like retrospective of the whole proper proper video yeah, yeah and on just the whole mob psycho thing because it doesn't yeah that's the only way to do it you know we'd point. like to do videos once things have finished we, we don't want to review stuff like while it's like mid-season we did that with like spy family which i don't regret that because like we didn't end up having really anything to say about well, season at least we two had, anyway like, a full core yeah we had like a full core to go off of we're not like you know waiting for six episodes and then just giving our thoughts because i don't know it just kind of feels dishonest 
to do it any other Plus, way. Plus, you know, it was hotter at the time, so you got to take advantage of that algorithm. Right, right, right. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. I got to get those clicks, baby. But I'm I'm glad we did anyway because we would have been probably a little bit more negative and not right. as fresh on it if we did after season two. Yeah, yeah. Like I do think yeah, all the stuff we said kind of still holds true because we were just talking like yeah the general production of it for the most part. Right, right, right. But we would have ended up having to talk about the tennis episodes. Oh God. Yeah, tennis episode is definitely like the weakest part. But now let's talk about let's talk about uh, what did you think about um what did you think about Mob Psycho season three? Gosh, it's so it, it's everything I expected. That's what I was thinking. Like going into it, I don't know if I had much expectations. I don't think it went the way it's Mob. You're you're basically assured. Yeah, quality. I bet. Yeah, essentially that's my expectations. It's gonna be really good, like high quality yeah. animation. Yeah, and it was. But story wise, I don't. It, it kind of wasn't what I expected in a way. It's a bit of a different structure than the first two seasons. A little bit. The first two seasons have like peaks at the end, but this one kind of peaks in the middle with like the dimple arc and then peaks again at the end with like, you know, the Right, because like season one and two, they kind of fuck around a little bit at the beginning and like kind of slowly yeah, ramp yeah, yeah. up to like the climax at the end. Yeah. So like you had the stuff with the, the Esper organization and then the stuff with that uh one dude at the end of season one and two yeah and they were kind of established like i think around episode three or four ish and just slowly ramped up to them this season like you said the dimple arc kind of seemed like it was gonna do that and then like it Mm -hmm. that kind of arc climaxed at like episode three or four like halfway like around halfway point and then they dicked around with some aliens for a bit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then the show got into its final arc. The fucking aliens. That was like that is the single that is the single best thing I've ever seen. So like the episodes before that, that were kind of like a nice episode. All right, I kind of like weird. Like eh, yeah, this like it, it didn't feel right coming off of the dimple arc because like you had this climax yeah. and it's like you had this really nice pathos uh, payoff. Yeah, yeah. And then you go back to the club room and just kind of focusing on the fucking side characters and then it's, and like, it's kind of dealing with like yeah mob like graduating and moving on and saying goodbye to all yeah his and it's like okay that's a weird change of pace which from what i understand and don't quote me on this because i haven't read the original manga but that arc was actually supposed to go before the dimple arc that would have made more sense yeah i guess they did the dimple arc because it directly tied into the end of season two yeah so i can see why they would do that in terms of an anime adaptation. i don't know how you i don't know if there's if you swap them around that would really fix it story structure wise it would definitely fix it like pacing wise because it would kind of be similar to like the other season like we Mm -hmm. said yeah where you kind of fuck around the first few episodes and then you start ramping up right i guess they figured if they went straight from the dimple arc to like the ending arc that might be like too much pathos going on yeah and kind of like yeah cause burnout a little bit i could see that yeah you need like a cool down period yeah it's weird it's not like the worst thing in the world. No, no. I mean, it's still a, a, a fitting sign-off for, for Mob. I will say that episode, I don't think it was the one with the aliens. It might have been the one right before it. Like, the one that they're climbing the mountain. Right. Like, that was the worst visually Mob has looked. That was an, that, well, that had very interesting visuals, and I had to, like, look into it more as to why it looked so different. Like, it looked like they rotoscoped stuff. Yeah. It's it's strange and it's like I don't it's it's hard to explain without I don't know just showing it to you which this is a podcast we're not going to do that no um but yeah I don't know season three good sign off yeah I, I I would say it's not I know people like season two more than season three I'd say I do and kind of I do too I would say I I think there are people at least from what I saw there are people that are more down on the ending of the show than I think I was okay 
I think I appreciate the ending more than kind of what I've gotten as the general opinion of it. That's, yeah, but yeah. That, you know, I guess that's for another video. Yeah, I guess I guess continuing this trend with like uh, sequel seasons, Maiden Abyss season two. This is an interesting. This is one, fucking right? weird. I don't know how we're gonna talk about this one. They go to a town and then they destroy the town basically. Yes. <laughs> that's and that's the story. Yeah. So this is this is an interesting one going in because obviously like I didn't like season one. Right. Yeah. So I watched season one back when it aired originally, mm -hmm. and I did not care for it at all. I had no intention of watching anything else after season one. <laughs> like, that was kind of it. Like, I gave mm -hmm. it its chance. I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. Everyone raved about the movie before the season aired. I still had no intention of ever watching the movie. I was like, whatever. Like, people yeah. jerk off Bondrood or whatever. Don't give a shit. I ain't gonna watch it. You wanted to watch this. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, eh. Yeah. So I went and watched the movie, watched the movie in preparation for this. Because I'm like, when did the first season air? 2016? 2017. 2017. So yeah. it's been five, six years. It's since been a it while. Aired. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I always want to like shit. It's not like I want to dislike something. So I'm like, maybe maybe my opinion would have changed. Like, maybe the show goes somewhere in a direction that I like. You know, so I gave it another shot. So I watched the movie, mm -hmm. the one, you know, that everyone loves, yeah. jerks off, Bondrood, all that. Don't like it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I still don't like the movie. <laughs> so going into season two, I'm just like, uh, You're just like, fuck. All right. Well, I guess we go ahead and do it for clicks. <laughs> Which we still haven't made a fucking video on it. So. Well, here we are. But you liked season two. I did. I did. So <laughs> part of my problem was like season one. Right. Which, this gets me into a lot of arguments. <laughs> it's like, it's an adventure show, right? Yeah. But to me, in season one, the adventure aspects of it come off more like they're just constructed as, like, obstacles, first and foremost, as opposed to, like, an actual, like, ecosystem. Right. Just as, like, an example, the fucking upside-down tree shit. Yeah. They don't really, like, go in much detail or explore why the trees are upside-down. Yeah. How that kind of yeah, impacts, like, the, the wildlife around they're them. Not like, really, they just, they're not really... They're they're kind of, like, speed-running through it, trying to get to the bottom as fast as possible. Right. And I, I understand that. But it's, like, at the same time, it's an adventure show. Yeah. So that's kind of, like, what you want out of that kind of like an adventure show is you want the flesh out the setting and... You know, kind of explore and like see these alien worlds and kind of get into the logistics behind it. And some of that is there. I wouldn't say presentation wise, it, it felt like there was enough there for me to like get that out of the show. Right. What it came off for me is like this weird, it feels like fetishistically like cruel <laughs> kind of show. <laughs> And, like, the fucking, like, her getting, like, tied up and whipped in, like, the bondage <laughs> position. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. The mangaka's a crazy person. Them talking about, like, fucking Rico's dick. Uh, 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 Reg's dick. Reg's dick, yeah. Oh, I'm like, this is fucking just this is, this gross, is like, Okay, weird. this is, like, someone's, like, someone's kink. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's just kind of prevailing over the entirety of season one. And I watched season two, which had less of that. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I don't know. I I didn't really care for Bronjud all that much. He didn't like yeah. tickle my fancy or nothing. You didn't like Best Dad? No. But let me get into season two. And season two is almost everything I complained that season one wasn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They spent a lot more time developing the setting because at this point, they're so far down in the pit, in the abyss, that it's so alien and strange, and they don't have any, like, records for what's down there at this point, that 
you need to spend some more time and just like explain and explore things. In this season, they're able to kind of incorporate that weird fucking degeneracy that he has into making the world of this layer like alien. Yeah. So like the weird like I don't know how to put it necessarily like just the, the weird, weird fetishization of like torture and the like, body yeah. horror and and just I don't know toilets that lick your asshole. <laughs> I was thinking more like general callousness of like not giving a fuck about life or whatever the fuck yeah like they're able to incorporate that into a way that's interesting in this in this layer in this like setting yeah lives have like a tangible value there's some weird social commentary going on too yeah there's a lot of really great things going on in this season Mm -hmm. which is weird because like i see people complaining they don't like the season as much as the first one so Mm, i feel like i'm like this weird minority (laughs) but yeah this ended up being pretty high up there for me yeah surprisingly so yeah because like it's almost like nomad from last year yeah that i didn't like season one and like season two just like completely surprised me (laughs) like it just kind of almost comes out of nowhere except this was just like building on you know kind of getting deeper into the story whereas like nomad Mm -hmm. was like i don't know they just did a 180 on the project and just did something completely different yeah yeah but speaking of season two's kind of coming out of nowhere speaking of season two's coming out of nowhere um but us both having the exact opposite reaction let's talk about devil's a part-timer christ um i'm Oh, I don't think you really said anything about Made in the Abyss, did you? No, I didn't. Did you want to say? No, anything? I didn't say. I, uh, Made in the Abyss. I like season two. That's Mumi said everything. I I I was thinking. <laughs> I speak for you. Yes, yes, Daddy. Um, now let's talk about Devils a Part Timer season two, which I like the first season. I'm not gonna act like it's the greatest thing ever. I thought it was fun. No. I like the characters, but so like so I watched it when it aired. So like in context of like when it aired. Mm-hmm. That was like a show that like no one really had any expectations for because yeah. it was actually a new studio at the time. Right, right. And then no one really heard about the light novel. Yeah. So like it kind of came out of nowhere. It was just like this little fun show that surprised people. Like because yeah, they were expecting a, it to be shit. It just ends up being good amount of staying power too in terms of just like the public consciousness. Surprisingly. Yeah, because it's just like, it just kind of turns the whole isekai thing on its head where it's just like, oh yeah, we brought a devil and he just works at McDonald's. It's, a, it's, it's, like, a, cool, it's a cool concept and the characters are fun. Yeah. Season two. Not season two. <laughs> season two, well one, season two does not look as good. There were several parts where we're just It's like, a different studio, right? Yeah, it's a different studio and there were several points where it's just like, okay, visually they're like, you know, like. An animation director did not have, like, enough time to, like, run through corrections for some of these stuff because characters, like, off-model in weird ways or just doing stuff that doesn't really make sense animation-wise. And then story-wise, too. It's not really the devil's a part-timer anymore. It's no. more just, like, the devil is doing bullshit. I don't like, think he even really... works at McDonald's in this season. <laughs> no, he doesn't really. So it's just, like, what? Instead, he's raising a family. He gets, they get, him and uh, Amelia just get a daughter at the start of the season. And it's like, oh, all right, that's never a good sign when they introduce a baby character into a show. It's always like a harbinger of doom and that we're out of ideas, (laughs) which, which if I guess there's a way to summarize this season, it does kind of just feel like it's out of ideas. Like at one point they fight a bear. Oh my God. They fight a bear and then fight off watermelon thieves. I forgot about that shit. Yeah. 
Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like what's going go back to working at McDonald's, Wagey. Why are we fighting bears? <laughs> why are we fighting bears? Yeah, why, why are you are working out, at a beach why are we hut? On a farm? Like what's going on? No, just go back to like doing shit at McDonald's. I wanna fucking watch you make a fucking whopper. Yeah, that's like well, I think that's what like what people what the appeal of the show was for a lot of people when season one aired, and that was just kind of like I don't know what the appeal is anymore. I don't, baby. Yeah, I still that I now still turns liked, into a sword. I guess I still liked season two for what it's worth overall, but it's just like why are we here just to suffer? I, I hated season two, and now it's getting <laughs> a season three. Yeah, it's the season three. It's just why? Yep. Jesus. Speaking of season threes, speaking of season three, something we haven't finished yet. <laughs> Which we really got to go back and finish. Uh, Ascendance of a Bookworm season three. We've been watching this for how long now? Like over a year at this point. Close to a year. We have four episodes left. And yeah, it's only ten episodes this season. Yeah, it's only ten episodes. We just keep. It's not. It's not even like I dislike this season. We just keep forgetting to go back to it. Well, it's it's one I think we both just don't have like this strong drive to watch. Yeah. Like you know, we get shows. Like Vinland Saga this season, Chainsaw Man, Bochi, Mob last season. Like you get these shows that we are like, oh, let's do the new episodes out. Let's watch it, and we get real excited and like prioritize watching that as soon as it comes out. We have free time, yeah. And then you get like a sentence of a bookworm where we're just like, yeah, it's fine, that's good. We get, we'll finish it. I think we touched on this show a little bit when we did the podcast with Gil. Yeah, yeah. And did, I gave yeah, kind of my general opinion of it there, but yeah, it's so kind of just like that. a brief, yeah, yeah a brief recap like i just i don't like the setting of this show all that much i think mine's a little bit annoying as a character i really like it i really like mine there are my those are my thoughts uh, I, I don't i, I don't dislike a really show. cool figure too did you see that oh yeah yeah the new fig- that, that figure, mine figure does looks, look good. Yeah. i mean i'm not a skills person so yeah you're not a scale guy but still like her hair i'm not gonna stuff. get it but um, i think it's cool looking but we'll f- we'll we'll finish it i'm surprised that the show has gotten three seasons to be honest uh, it feels like a show that would get three. Like if it get three seasons, I'm like not surprised, but it's not one I necessarily would predict would get three seasons. Yeah, I think it's kind of like kind of like a um, kind of like a Golden Kamui kind of thing. Yeah, like Golden Kamui is like oh, are there how many seasons? Jesus Christ! In proportion to like the the dis- the hype around it and discussion discourse. In terms of I guess uh opposite side of things though, a show where we we were. On the edge of our seat, chomping at the bit, waiting for the next episode. Let's talk about Akiba Made War. And tr- let's attempt, let's make an attempt <laughs> to talk about Akiba Made War, which left us speechless. I don't think anything else has ever done that, where we just, we watched the last episode, we finished it, and we just sat there in stunned silence. <laughs> what the fuck is this show? It took us quite a while just to process the ending. Yeah. What the fuck is this show? Because we afterwards, we were like, what? What was the what? So we went up, we started like reading interviews and stuff with like the people who worked on it, and they were like, yeah, it seems interesting. I have no idea what the fuck this is about, though. <laughs> They didn't understand why it got green. So I guess, I guess, I guess to give some context as to what the fuck this is about, Akiba Made War is a show that takes place in 1999, a period piece about uh, maid cafes. But basically, if maid cafes were like yakuza gangs, yeah, basically, which you'd think there'd be like some sort of commentary in there about the cutthroat nature of the maid industry. No, maybe I don't know. They're just having fun with it. They don't. Yeah, they don't yeah, care about the, giving you some kind of moral. Yeah, that's the thing. The show is fun. They the have like is, it's a made it's a gang war about maid cafes, 
in one episode they just go box like have a boxing competition yeah and it just becomes Akihano Joe um and then they have like a baseball episode it's, it's, it's a show where you think that there should be some interesting commentary going on but it precludes any sort of analysis it's impossible to analyze it will literally stun you into silence especially yeah. the ending oh god yeah the, which the, was the, the, there's so much about the show where we were just watching it, and we're just like, "What the fuck is this? What what is going on? Who made this?" But it's amazing at the same it's time. It's, it is. It is. There's nothing quite like it in terms of tone, because it's not like it's not like the thing is just a shit post, and because there is like a genuine emotional core as well. Yeah. So it's not sorta. just like a completely ironic and detached. It's, it's really hard to convey what the fuck this show is like apart from just insane this is definitely one you kind of just have to experience I think, it's not um, the same it's, it won't even be the same now that we've recommended it in this way yeah we went in with no expectations exactly <laughs> did we do a reaction short for this show we did we did that if you watch probably... that we yeah. re- we actually record our reaction shorts as we're watching the first episode yeah. like for the first time with no yeah with nothing going on uh, so that's our the, that's our candid reaction to the first episode of this and the first episode is only like the tip of the iceberg. It doesn't get any clearer. Let's put it yeah. that way. It's like it's like if you take nonsense but made it like really sincere but also kept it ironic. It's like I don't know. I don't know how to describe it way without contradicting myself. It's almost cut from the same cloth as like Licorice Recoil. Except But on crack. Yeah, it doesn't take that next step to like put it on the line. It just like hops the line along with the shark. Yeah. Um, I guess in terms of just something I watched briefly to touch on that is also kind of like an interesting balance of things is Summertime Render, uh, yeah. which you did not watch, but I would highly recommend you checking this out because it is an interesting murder mystery show that manages to be a really strong blend of like graphic horrific violence and then lowbrow slapstick, like lowbrow like edgy comedy. Mm. with a time loop mechanic oh so i don't really want to say any more than that uh i think it's one of those things i haven't finished it myself even but it's one of those things where i think if you just go in completely blind basically let me put it this way if you have seen twin peaks and you like twin peaks this is a lot like twin peaks Interesting. in fact there are, there are explicit references not well not like explicit explicit but like very clear references to twin peaks in the show so yeah, if you if you want Twin Peaks, but like 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 in anime form with like some edgy shit, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. Really, and when I finish when I finish it, it'll probably be up there on my end of the year list. Well, I guess the trade off shows that we haven't watched. Yeah, I watched To Your Eternity. How was that, Mumi? It's not finished. Um, oh, okay. Season two is not finished. Uh, it's it's too core, yeah. so it's airing right now. But I guess just to briefly kind of talk about the entire show, it's interesting. Um, I do think the concept behind it is an interesting one of like, if you know anything, do you know anything about Two Year Eternity? No, I know nothing about Two Year Eternity. Two Year Eternity, very roughly, is about like this entity who is able to like take the form of life once it's died. So like if a person, like if he comes into contact with a dog and the dog dies, he can become the dog. If he comes into contact... Oh, like Marvelous Melmo. No. Because <laughs> Melmo is just turning into animals. This is like he turns into a specific animal. He can't just turn into that 
species of dog. Okay. When I say specific, I mean like at the moment he last saw them, he turns into that like that exact snapshot. Okay. So just as an example, the first person he comes across is a kid, and whenever he transforms into that kid, he's got the same kind of rope tied, which was like he was using as a leash. He's got a wound on his leg and like the bandage, like the bloody bandage, and he always turns into the exact same form. Okay. But when he turns into someone else and turns back into it, it turns back into that. But he can actually like age in that form. And so you, there's kind of a commentary on like that kid being able to like live his life or whatever through him in a, in a way because he died as a child mm-hmm. and he kind of is, lives out in that form in some episodes and stuff like that. Beginning into the broader like, concept of the show is basically about like preserving life in a roundabout way okay this season's been interesting it's got some fun characters mm-hmm. this is a show that i feel like would benefit from me kind of like doing research and making a video on but i don't really feel inspired to go through that effort mm-hmm. it's not like done anything that makes me super excited and really want to talk about it but it has some stuff going on that i think deserves a bit more so there'll probably be people who do get like really inspired to want to talk about it it'd probably benefit to watch stuff from them okay my general opinion is pretty good all right i enjoy it it's it's something i watch when i eat or something on the weekends whenever it comes out (laughs) um i guess just while doing trade trading off stuff that only one of us has seen um i i watched vermeil and gold which was horny as shit i liked it more than i expected because it has a very it has a good heart, and I like the romance component, although I don't like how the Sundari girl is shafted. But other than that, uh, it's, a, it's just a fun, it's a nice show. The main girl, the, the, the succubus girl, is pretty hot. All the girls are hot. Uh, I like the main character. He's kind of just this, like, fumbly guy who just, like, okay, when they talk about mana in the show, they're basically just talking about the potency of his cum. Interesting. Like the succubus is with him. It's like it's really hard to summon a succubus unless you have really potent mana, aka cum. So you is know, is this the one where the girl they like get into that cat fight in the first episode? Maybe you're describing a lot of anime. It's like she's like a purple-haired succubus. He like takes her to school class. Yes, yes, it's his familiar. Yeah, we watched we watched this episode together. Yeah, the first yeah, episode. Yeah. It's a ni- it's a ni- it's a nice show. I, I ended up ended up kind of like yeah, just kind of like liking the characters and just wanting them liking seeing them interact and stuff well speaking of gold i watched golden wind and then the next season came out and i watched stone ocean oh okay i was like what the fuck is golden oh jojo right wait why are you talking about part five okay uh what movie what are your thoughts on jojo part six my thoughts are you should have watched jojo you could have made a fucking video and cashed in on that fucking jojo train i don't like jojo that much Um, so Stone Ocean kind of has a similar kind of scenario to like Main Abyss for me. Cause like I liked, so I read the manga Stone Ocean quite a while ago. I liked the first half or so, essentially what was covered in the first two core of the anime adaptation. Mm-hmm. I liked that. I like the set. So the setting on this one is it follows, uh, Jolene, who's Jotaro's daughter and she gets sent to prison. And essentially, it's like orange is the new black meets prison break meets whatever something fuck else. I don't know. They're doing like prison hijinks and shit for like the first half or so. And I enjoyed that because I actually like the main core of characters in this one, like Jolene and Hermes and Foo Fighters. 
Yeah. I like them. These names mean nothing to me. They shouldn't. <laughs> You're just naming off like bands and like songs. And yeah, stuff. I really like the Foo Fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jolene, that's a great song. I, I love Dolly Parton. So when I read the manga, the second half, while it was ambitious, did not do a lot for me. And so it kind of was like, eh, like iffy on it. It and part five, I both thought would benefit from adaptations because like part five is yeah. kind of hard to read. Okay. Um, they do a lot of convoluted shit. So I was like, well, the anime would make it a little bit more direct and easy to understand. So part six, I thought could also benefit from an adaptation. I don't think this adaptation is great. It's a bit of a step down from part five animation wise. It still looks good. It's just not, it doesn't move quite as much. My opinion ended up being the same. I still enjoy the events I enjoyed in the manga, but the anime did not improve my opinion of the events I didn't enjoy in the manga. Hmm. It slightly fixed yeah, it. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people complained about the visuals, which what I did see of it, I'm just like, this just looks like JoJo, dude. I don't see what, I don't see what the thing, what, this looks like a JoJo. Well, anim anime. okay, animation-wise, it is a bit more stilted. Okay. I do think that they kind of blow it out of proportion because it doesn't look, bad it just doesn't quite move as much but then again fucking didn't either did part one and two like the first season yeah. of jojo didn't move very much yeah i i enjoyed parts of part six overall i say the first two core were good third core was okay it wasn't bad if you like jojo you watch it anyway yeah my opinion doesn't mean much there but if you want to know my opinion of it, I like it all right okay it is probably still my second favorite part of the anime though I'm not a big part two fan, so that's going to be the distinguishing factor there. So just to go through a few more shows that I've seen on my own, uh, Sorodomo Ayumu uh, is from the creator of Teasing Master Takagi-san. Oh, yeah. This kind of has like a similar thing going on, uh, but I liked this more because the thing that I wish Takagi-san had more of is like a Gatmoe element where you kind of see like Takagi-san get like flustered and stuff. And that's what this has, and I think that's that's like the cute appeal of the show. Well, it's in this one because we watched the first episode of this together. I think, yeah, yeah. It, like it's more reverse. We're like, yeah, the 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 guy is like autistic. He's like very like stone faced and blunt about his feelings for her, but he will not confess until he beats her at shogi. <laughs> uh, and she and whenever he like compliments her or something, she gets all flustered and stuff. So it's yeah, it's really cute. And the uh, the guy, the mangaka, knows how to do character designs because the girls and his stuff are always really cute. He only knows how to do one character: <laughs> big forehead, and it works. <laughs> That's all that matters. You got a few more things left. You want to talk about your boy Kong Ming? Uh, he's all right. He's all right. He's my boy. My thing with your boy Kong Ming is that um, I wish it had more Kong Ming. It definitely wasn't what we were hoping for. I don't think. Yeah, I, de I definitely wish it was more about him like strategizing and stuff. Yeah, like the one where he like came up with the fucking infinite bathroom shit. Yeah, like that kind of stuff. Like expanded on would have been more interesting. Yeah, stuff like that would have been more interesting than seeing what's like the rapping guy. Every scene with a rapping guy is just him walking around and then interacting with someone random on the street. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, that's basically his character. And it's just like, why? The main girl is cute. Aiko's really cute. Yeah. Um, They did some things right. Uh, they didn't I, do just was, right. I wish it was more, just more of Kong Ming strategizing and doing insane stuff. Well, the last part, last bit, like two episodes do that. Uh, and that's really cool. But other than that, yeah, it's just like, yeah. Should have just made it like love live but with kong ming as their <laughs> <manager>. <laughs> yeah basically 
Uh, do it yourself. They should have kept it to themselves. Should have kept. It. <laughs> I like do it yourself. I thought the girls were really. People cute. really like this show, and I'm just like, eh. yeah. I'd rather watch Tool Time, the Home Improvement, <laughs> Tim Allen. You know, <laughs> uh, where but where Tim Allen goes, <laughs> this show makes me go, whoa, Ugh. Yeah, this show didn't do a whole <laughs> lot for me. I really liked. I really liked it. It was it was comfy. It was gay. I, I love the character designs and like the animation and stuff. Just the overall visual aesthetic I thought was really strong. I think that's basically what it has going for it. Part of it might be subject matter. Like maybe people are more interested in like seeing them do like the do-it-yourself shit. Mm-hmm. I do enough of that in like the real world. I'm not really interested in seeing like seeing it in this. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's fair. Got two things left. Which weird thing do you want to review first, Mumi? Dozens of Norths or Girl from the Other Side? The Girl from the Other Side, we intended to do a video on. We did intend to do a video Like on a it. year ago. Yeah, back when it like first came out. Alongside Bubble, basically. Yeah. Uh, we just never got around to it for whatever reason. Which we um, might, could. I'd probably not, though. I think not, we got enough we want to talk about more. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, but this is a really good movie. It's beautiful, beautifully animated. Probably my favorite looking movie of the year that's a take i don't like oh, it's not like a huge hot take i don't i don't agree with it because we got the next one coming up well but. the next one is its own beast but uh girl from the other side if you saw like the 15 minute short wit did which wit, this is wit studio they've had a banger year all things considered yeah wit was went off yeah um so girl from the other side it's it looks gorgeous i i I like the story. I do think some stuff probably could have been fleshed out a bit more, but it's only 70 minutes, so I can't really complain on that front. It is an OVA, technically, which is rare to see these days. Yeah. But yeah, if you saw the 15-minute short or if you read the manga for this, I would highly recommend checking it out. If you Well, this is, visually, this is a st- huge step up from the short. Which was surprising because I thought the short looked good. Yeah, the short looks really good. I mean, both these look really. And then good. you watch this, and it's like, whoa! Yeah, for seventy minutes too. It's it's got like that um that sort of like dark fantasy, forlorn angels egg kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Although this is a little bit more sentimental and heartfelt than Angel's Egg, which is just like completely alien and removed in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um but I would highly recommend uh checking out this movie. It's it's great. It's it's short. What more could you really want? Yeah, it was a good movie. Let's talk about this bizarre anti-capitalist art film. Is that what it was? Anti-capitalist. I think so. <laughs> I think. Well, it's one of those things where it's like well, when you get into stuff like this, it's like so abstract and you can read into it so much that it's one of those things where I think that's like the takeaway, but maybe just like general society and but it's Koji Yamamoto mm-hmm. who is like the guy when it comes to the like independent scene uh in Japanese animation, both in terms of just like his output and he's also like a producer on a lot of stuff. I know he works pretty closely with um Gaidai Animation, the Tokyo uh, out of Tokyo. He's got his own like studio. Yeah, he's now. got his own studio too. Uh, of people just making weird stuff. Yeah, he's he's the director, creative vision kind of behind some of my favorite like okay. shorts. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Moy Bridges Strings, A Country Doctor. When I saw this, I was quite looking forward to it. Yeah, and it is strange. Definitely strange. I I don't. So I think this is his first is foray his, into like an actual this is like his first movie feature. link content. Yeah, which yes. is crazy given how long he's been working. I don't know if I love 
his content being stretched out to like a movie link. That's fair. It is very dense and difficult. This is hard to talk about, really. It's one of those, yeah, it's one of those things that you really just, we need to see it like more than once in order to like just wrap our heads around it because it's like, it's so abstract. It's so strange that it's just like. It probably would benefit from watching it in like multiple sittings too. Yeah. I feel like watching it all at once, like it gets to a point because there's there's no dialogue. No, it's it's all delivered on screen, basically, right? Like a like a silent film. Essentially, it's a silent film. Yeah, yeah. it's got great imagery. Yeah, that's that's a, that's what you watch this for is the striking imagery that it has. Um, if you if you just want something really out there and weird, that's that watch this like something that's like nothing else in like terms of like mainstream anime. I would hesitate to really even call this like anime. My yeah. suggestion of it would be watch it until you feel your eyes glazing over and you notice <laughs> you're not paying as much attention as you should. Maybe take a break. Take a break. Maybe come back to it. Because the movie is whenever you feel like as it. Well. Right. Like you, you can break it down to segments. Yeah. There might be an overarching thing you might kind of miss out on, but I think that would be a better experience overall. Just because I know watching it the first time for us, like. I kind of would drift in and out because yeah, it's, like, it's just like demands your attention. Like, hey, yeah, it is. You need to keep looking at screen because you're not gonna know what's happening if you fucking if you look away <laughs> look for a away. second or check your phone. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's it's tough to recommend um, to people who aren't into like art house shit. I would not recommend this to anyone who's not into art house shit. Is that how I'll put Funny it? Funny story on this though. Yeah. When I first saw it, oh yeah, it's like it got linked when I first tried to watch it. I thought it was just in French. Yeah, the the the. Uh, and I'm like, yeah. well, I guess they're just doing some artsy fartsy bullshit. I guess they gotta have it all in French. Yeah. And there weren't any like subtitles or anything no. out for it yet or anything. So I was like trying to watch it in French. And what I was doing for it, I didn't end up watching it all this way. Yeah, but I watched probably like half of it. <laughs> and what I was doing is I was taking Google Lens. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my gosh. Like when it because it would come up on screen occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just take a picture of it and like translate on my phone in real time, <laughs> which is an interesting way to consume yeah, stuff. And you, if anybody the... just wants to like watch something with uh, subtitles on screen that you can't read, yeah, but <laughs> it's not. You can watch this in English, thankfully, and that doesn't yeah. help. No, no, it's still. <laughs> you're not gonna. You might be able to wrap your head around it a bit more, but it's still gonna be like, whoa, okay, what the fuck is going on? Some incomprehensible shit is before me. So yeah, do we want to just do like a little rundown of like what our top tens of the year? Just give our favorite anime of the year. We've gone through everything. Let's just let's just give our rankings at the end for the people who care about this bullshit. Yeah, I mean, it never hurt. I mean, it's not like we're saying like this is the objective best anime of all time. If you disagree, I'm gonna come to your house. I'm gonna kill you. I don't know how you want to do it. I'll do my top 10 because yeah, right. I have one. Well, let's just go, I mean, let's just go like, okay, let's just say our number ones first. So my number one is Lycoris Recoil. Yeah, my favorite of the year is uh, Mob Psycho 3. All right. I mean, it's kind of hard to uh, <laughs> hard to compete with something like that's got that much fucking investment behind it. Yeah, my number two is um, uh, Bochy the Rock. Uh, mine would be Time Machine Blues. Okay. Uh, now I need to pull up my list because I don't know what comes next. <laughs> fake fan. Fake fan. Not having... You don't even know what your favorite three anime was this yeah, year. What um, the fuck? My number three is, uh, I guess you don't do movies, but I do. Uh, Girl from the Other Side. Uh, mine would be Cyberpunk Edgerunners. Okay. I guess uh, I guess uh, my number four would be Inuo. Mine is Bochi the Rock. Okay. 
And so let's see here. Number five. What do I got for number five? I think I'm going to say Tatami Time Machine Blues. My number five probably will surprise people, especially because it's not over. <laughs> it's Isekai Ojisa. Oh, hell yeah. Number six. What do I got for number I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Cyberpunk Edge Runners for number six. Six for me would be Spy Family. All right. Seven for me would be Spy Family. Seven for me would be your number one, which is Liquor's Recoil. Okay. And like it's it's weird because like that's more reflective of like how much good shit this there is. This yeah, year. yeah. Because like I quite enjoyed Liquor's Recoil, but mm-hmm. like in fall, like so much good shit yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I think my number eight is Akiba Maid War. Mine is Chainsaw Man. No, no, my no, no, my number eight is uh. I'm gonna say my number eight is Call of the Night, and then number nine is uh, Akiba Maid War. Okay. My number nine is Main Abyss. Okay. Golden City. And then number ten. Uh I'm gonna say uh uh when will Ayumu ch- uh when will Ayumu make his move? Ten Ten's kinda close for a toss up. I have uh Stone Ocean season two. Mm-hmm. It could also be Made Wars. Cause like season two I don't know. Season two is weird Wait, to put just season two on there. Did I put Isokai Jisan in there? I think I did. You did not. I, oh, I did not. Oh, okay, I put Isekai Jisan between uh, Spy Family and uh, Call of the Night. Okay. Well, that's gonna make my fucking job harder when I'm doing the visuals for this fucking you, bullshit. You go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> it's a podcast. It's a podcast. There doesn't need to be a visual component. Well, anyone listening to this on Spotify won't get it. Yeah. But if you're they, listening to this on YouTube, there'll be yeah our little nifty list right little there. Nifty list right on sc- the screen that you're not looking at right now as you're driving. Someone's gonna like get into a car crash now that you're asking them to look at their phone. <laughs> their blood is on your hands. But yeah, I guess I guess that's everything we've seen in 2022. Yeah, solid year. Pretty good year. Pretty good year. A lot of a lot of stuff I like. Stepped down from last year, but I don't know yeah. if that's a huge of an indictment on anything. Yeah, I mean, we'll, let's we'll see how we'll see how twenty twenty three fares. I will say twenty twenty three does not look super promising. It's not off to as great of a start. No, we got Vinland, I guess. Yeah, you have Vinland, kind of all, but we'll save that for when we get to it in twenty twenty four. Wait, we're gonna get to what? What? Wait, are we going to... Never mind. What? What?